Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Uh, I probably should have opened the show with uh, with the with the song here. Let's uh, maybe I'll, I'll do uh, maybe I'll do that here uh, as I welcome in uh, my good friend and co-host here, Mr. Travis Grins. Travis, how are you doing? Do we copyrights for this? Um, maybe. Maybe uh, we need to be on our best behavior because College Game Day is going to be listening to this podcast. So, on our on our best behavior, without question. So, uh, there's that. Uh, let's see here. While we're coming, here we go. Let, let's there we go. We'll just play like ten seconds of this. Okay. Maybe. Damn it, you, damn it, YouTube. There we go. Okay. Here we go. They are. And. This college game day song, or what? It, yeah, it, it's supposed to be. And we're, we're. It's just. Here we go. Oh, I play it. Can I play it? Oh, sure, if you want. Uh, they got a theme? How's YouTube working here? YouTube's slow for me as well. Maybe the whole system's out. Probably Jesus so Christ, many, how, how, so, so how so many uh many there's so many people want to be playing this song here. Uh, get on for the rest of the show, I think. <laughs> well, you know what? There we go. We'll 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 just get it added in there a little I'll try, bit. I'll try to Google Chrome here instead. College game day theme song. Whatever the hell this all is. Yeah, I don't like this. I'm not playing it. I'm not playing it. Okay, well, uh, college game day is coming to Brookings, South Dakota for the Dakota Marker game. Uh, Karenz, I, I, I got to say, the, the longer that it went, I I checked, I checked Twitter frequently Saturday and Saturday night and then Sunday morning. You know, kept checking to see when that when that announcement's going to come, and it seemed like the longer we wait, we had to wait. The more it seemed likely that game day was coming to Brookings. It was more just a logistical thing. And full full on honesty, if Illinois beats Wisconsin, we're not even having this discussion, nor should we have the discussion, regardless of if it was a if it's a noon kickoff and the game is broadcasted on Fox. Without question, you need to be there for that epic Big Ten matchup between Wisconsin and Ohio State. But with Illinois upsetting Wisconsin in the upset of the of the season, this seemed like it, it really put, uh, and I guess even Penn State beating Michigan too, but the it really set itself up perfectly to showcase this FCS Missouri Valley showdown. Yeah, Wisconsin was the big one losing. Even if even if Notre Dame would have beat Penn State, you got Michigan Notre Dame. That would have been in consideration. You would you would think. Yep. And I guess LSU Auburn. I guess SEC Network is there. They got LSU and Alabama in a couple weeks. So yeah, I mean it's good for the school. Good for SDSU. People are excited about it. They sold the game out for once. I got again a few. We didn't sell this out. I mean, what are we doing? I, so, I really hope that the people who are buying these tickets are Jax fans. I am I am a little hes- I'm a little worried that 
and NDSU that it could be almost a 50-50 split. I don't think that will happen, but and I, I think with with the announcement that there are so many more people now as SDSU fans that were like, okay, I need to get tickets for this game. I need to come down and see College Game Day. Yeah, it's you know, like 80, 20, 70, 30 at the most split. So, yeah, I guess you will be fine when it comes to that. I, I have said it's a 70, 30 split for game day that it'll be 70% SDSU fans, 30%. And I hope, you know, for as many people that have been begging College Game Day to come to Brookings now on Twitter for the last two and a half to three years, they better come out in full force and really show College Game Day, yes, it means the world to us that you are here and just go all out crazy. I want College Game Day to be in awe of the the people and the energy that uh, that'll be in Brookings. They should come to the summer league tournament then when the women play at two o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon in front of eight thousand people. If they want to be in awe, something. They've got two games after this, and what they probably got what two home football playoff games. Minimum. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Probably. Yep. Right now, what sold out crowds nineteen four something or something like that? It's going to be over nineteen thousand. You know, nineteen and a half, whatever they're going to, whatever they say the number is going to be. Yep. Will there be more people total in those next four games than this game here? Keeping in mind, two of those are playoff games. Yes. Where they struggled to draw five thousand. Yes. Yes. In, in December. I know. I know why. I know why the question has to be asked, and it's a fair question to ask. And I honestly will say it yes. Will take until that fourth playoff game to get that done, or will they outdraw them in three? They'll outdraw them. In, take that fourth. No. They'll. Animal. They'll outdraw them in three. Weather is always a determining factor. Um. Not in two. I don't. I don't foresee it in two. No. Uh you know, see, average ten thousand people, something. I, I. I don't think this was years ago when I looked this up. I would assume the number of crowds, the number of post Hobo Day, ten thousand crowds. You probably count on one hand. hand. Yep. Yep. Like I expect for like the, wherever they play in a couple of weeks at home. Illinois, Illinois State. State or it's Ill, their their two like, final home games are against Illinois State and Northern Iowa. Like seven thousand, six thousand. Yeah, I'd say seventy five hundred. You might get ten thousand for the Northern Iowa game. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Either way, though, this is <laughs> huge impact for SDSU. All right. All right, I agree there. Um, it's it's big it's big exposure for obviously this helps North Dakota State recruiting. It it just there's no other way that it can. Oh, North, North Dakota yes. Um, this this gives Brookings, South Dakota, and the state of South Dakota exposure. That uh, the state. Well, just the fact that people are like oh South Dakota. Uh, what, Where's that? It, I'm saying it gives them exposure. It it it's it's far more imp, important. 
for South for for Brookings and South Dakota State, obviously. Um, I agree there. Good for the good for the school. Good for the team. Good for the town. I draw the line when it comes to the state. Okay. Do you, okay, and that's fair. Uh, maybe I was going a little overboard there. Do you? Th- like I, I've, I've seen even Justin Sells on interviews. So I heard him today. Oh, this is great for the state. It's like, eh, I don't know. I think, it, but from that standpoint, we know that uh, that the state of South Dakota is is far more pro Jackrabbit than pro Yote, right? Sure. So, sure. If it's anything for the state pride aspect of it, I mean, you're having a ma- remember when. You know the the Summit League Championship was broadcast on ESPN for the first time. It was the the first nationally televised sporting event from the state of South Dakota. How big of a deal it was at that point? Like, yeah, I mean, finally South Dakota's got a nationally televised game, so that was big. So I think it, in that standpoint, just as like, hey, this, this is a this is this is great exposure. For us, and it's just—it's nice that someone's coming to South Dakota. This doesn't—it doesn't impact Buffalo. It doesn't impact Mobridge. It impacts. It impacts the the overall state uh, psyche, I guess. I mean, the, the, the economic impact and everything aside. I will say this though here too: Is this the biggest? Day in the sports history of South Dakota, I would say arguably yes. Again, because of the exposure that you you could get if NDS if SDSU wow. beats NDSU for the Dakota marker, it'll be even more. The only, and dare I say, is this one of the the biggest days in the history of South Dakota? The states, no. What what, what what's bigger? School, yes. Oh yes, school, without yeah. question. I mean, it, it, it's a big deal for the school. It's a big deal for the town. Uh, Drew Amon put it pretty well, so I'll just steal what he said. Okay. When people say it's it, when, when people say it's big for the state, it's like a good harvest is good for the state. No, that's true. Okay. Paying, your, <laughs> paying, I mean, like paying your teachers is, is good for the state. A good economy is good for the state. Well, yes, yes, all that. Okay, so. I don't know if we have to change the definition, but I don't know if a college football pregame show is good for the state. Okay. It's fun. It's exciting. People are excited. People are interested. But like we said, what, like, like people in Rapid City, like, what the hell does it make a difference five hours away? Right. So, it's, 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 it's fun. Um, remember... Remember when I talked about the Vikings getting a new stadium and uh, like how important it is for the state of Minnesota to have the Vikings there? And you said, if I ever ran for political office, I should use that as my platform. You remember that conversation a few years back? I, yes. That is, I guess, the, you could apply the same thing to college game day coming to this to the state of South Dakota, I guess that that's what I that's where I come with it. I totally get the harvest thing, get the paying the teachers and the economic thing, but I'm talking more of, of a a state pride, like the the pride that you have 
that swells up inside of you, like then maybe you should get it checked out if it's swelling inside you. But just the pride you have in being from the state, being from the area, living in the state, I think that can do a great deal. If if, if that makes sense. It's, this this is there. This is South Dakota State's Super Bowl. This yes. is right here. Yes. This is their Super Bowl. This thing, biggest game they ever had. Like with, with the Vikings standing, you know, you get a new stadium, give you a Super Bowl and a Final Four, and that's you know tens of millions of dollars here. That's that's a different level. Oh, Right, but you're again. You're talking. I'm not talking strictly the economic level. I'm talking more the the pride level too. I think it, it's 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 a, it's a state with very big area, not a lot of people. We're very much behind the times. We're always the oh, last yes. to do something, whether it's marijuana laws or sports betting or what, whatever it is. We're always the last. Last go to two division one. We're always the last. We never want to do anything. We never want to lead. So we're far behind in things. Going back to the first ever broadcast on a you know national basis ten years ago. So there's that, and I feel like with game day coming here, this is validation for all the fans to say, "See, we're we're big time. We're like Nebraska. We're like Minnesota. We're we're like all these other schools because they go to college game day, they go to Alabama, they go to Ohio State. Now they get to come here." They get to go to uh, South Dakota State. So I feel like it's like people want that stamp of approval from ESPN that we matter and that we're good, and they want that because it makes them feel good, makes them feel like they matter. That's yep. right. Yes. Yes. No, I, I agree. And uh, South Dakota State will now have hosted more college game days than the University of Minnesota. Well, okay. that may change here in a couple of weeks. Uh, and, yes, Fargo's hosted yeah. twice. So, I mean, and, and I, I kind of dreaded this because I knew people would go nuts and they yep. would overreact and it would be too much. But God, well, you're it. talking to someone who overreacts, and I can't help I it. I can't. I can't help it, Chris. I can't help it. I can't. I can't. I, I just don't. I think it's not for me. I thought about it Sunday, and like this is before I didn't hear any rumors until like late. I think Marcus brought it up. Like, yeah, they might come here. I'm like, yeah, yeah they probably will. Yeah, I'm like, well, this was before I heard that. I'm like, I don't know whether it should be good. I, I might go to that game. I don't know there's really nothing else to do. But then college game day is coming. Like, no, I'm not going up there. I'm not. I'm not doing that. Why? I'm just not. Not doing that with the I, people. The people in the crowd. Like, no, I, that's fine. And you know what? I bad enough. I bad enough on a normal twelve, thirteen thousand day crowd. <laughs> 20,000 people now. I'm, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm very torn about going down. If I go down to, if I go, if I go down, it would be just for the show. And then I would head back. I'm not going to yeah, stay no. for the game. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, and I've been to game day in Fargo and that was awesome. Like for me, like, that's not for me. That's for you. That's not for me. Getting up early. I mean, I assume there's screens and you can watch the yes. show like that. Yep. But there was one guy, there was one TV guy said, you know, all these other places, all my other friends, they've experienced game day. Now it's my chance to experience game day. I'm like, what are you going to experience? There's going to be a lot of people there. They're going to do their show. Yeah, it, it, but like it, that's, it's, that, that's what it is. It's the a event. Lot of people on a show. It, it's like going to the Final Four, and we had a blast at the Final Four. 
it was like we we've seen it you know you have all these people who were in atlanta and san antonio and the, the indianapolis they always get to go to the final four because it goes there on a, new orleans it goes there on a routine basis the final four in minneapolis this last year that was our chance to go and yes it was crowded but it was huge it was fun like the just the environment second to none and I think that's what I think that's what people want though with college game day. That's why you go to this. It's because it's a unique event that's second to none. There is not a I implore you to to find me another pregame show that is as interactive or just that is anything close to what college game day pulls off on a weekly basis. You you can't. You can't find it. Maybe get like one point eight million is what they've been getting for viewers. That's good. Yep. Like I'm not, I'm not a guy. I, I, I'm if I'm going to a game, I'm going to go show up for the game. Like the pregame and the tailgating stuff, that doesn't interest me at all. That just doesn't doesn't interest me at all. Yep. All that other stuff. But I, I'm there for the game. Um. I, uh, it's people are excited. And, so that's good. And that's where I I'm concerned with too. Or that's what's kind of drawing me back is going to be the chaos of it because I. Not that SDSU won't be able won't be able to pull it off, but I can just like you know what the schools that have hosted game days before you know Ohio State's and Alabama's LSU's they've done this over and over again so they know what to expect their athletic department's far larger you know this is this is a huge deal in the grand scheme of things and for just all the coordination and. You know the pageantry and all, and the crowds and stuff to come into that area. Um, it hasn't been decided yet. I, I'm guessing it's going to be by the Campanile. That in that area, I think that just makes the most sense. You want to put it by an iconic uh, staple of SDSU. I you you put it there. Um, so I it's it's going to be fun if if I don't go to it and like I say I'm I'm torn on it. I am going to have a, a viewing party. It'll just be me and probably Kelsey. How long is it from St. Cloud to Brookings? Was that two and a half hours? Or uh, a little over three. Three. So you can go there, you come back, and you'll catch the start of the game. Right. If I, it, I'd have to go to a local bar though to to watch it because I don't get Midco on dish. That's the that's the shitty. Part in all of this. Like if it, like if ESPN was broadcasting the game, then oh yes, absolutely, it's the biggest thing of all time. Yes. Like when they say when people say it's going to affect things, and like it'll, it'll affect the football team. Well, when they say you know, like oh the wrestling team's going to be great for wrestling, <laughs> all this other bullshit. I'm like, you stupid. No. Like it, it gives. I, I, assume, I, I assume that other people hate it when they go to the SPS schools. I assume that they are. The college football fan across the country hate it. Yep. When they go to the shitty schools. No, no doubt that this is a huge impact for the football team, and oh, yeah. and again for the university. But I do think it could have a trickle down effect to other to other uh, sports programs within SDSU because you do it, again. It's just because of the exposure that it presents. Be like, oh, hey. South Dakota State, that's interesting. You know, it's cool that, you know, the football team's good there. Maybe I'll take a look at it for, you know, wrestling or baseball or something. Not saying that that it's it's not going to have a huge – it might not have an impact at all, but it has a chance to. 
I think yeah, I think people are just overdoing it when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm just we're, saying there's a chance. Because we're, we're here and we see it, and we're like, oh, this is a big deal. This never happened. This is the biggest thing we've ever seen. You might know this. You would have a, a decent guess at this. But if you ask any of these other bozos who are going to be there, <laughs> yeah, like they're not getting 10,000 people. Are they going to get 5,000 for, I, I doubt that. I, I know, from eight, 8 in the morning, 5,000 people, I don't know. Maybe, maybe students will go nuts. Maybe, maybe they'll surprise me. And, and, and that's the, the that's the thing I'm worried about is with how many people have come on Twitter, you know, for a couple of years now and the excitement that's building on Twitter right now and Facebook, you know, social media. Sure. I hope that it's not just a, hey, yeah, and, and I get it. I'm, I'm as guilty of this right now because I'm like, yeah, Leo, Jackrabbit fans, you got to shell it. You got to come out to this. But that's for the the people in Brookings in the in like Sioux Falls and stuff that can get there on a at a if they're within if you're within an hour drive and you're an SDSU fan this is something you have to go to you know if you were living in Pembina North Dakota or Minot or uh, Devil's Lake you're not going to come in, unless you're an avid NDSU supporter. And this is like a, a bucket list item for you. You're not going to drive three hours to go to Fargo to watch game day. But if you're in the area, oh yeah, absolutely. You you need to make make this a priority. I, I, it's going to be curious to see what those Oregon Duck fans think of Brookings, South Dakota. They are the ones who have been they're they're touring the country. They're going wherever college game day is at. Now you get to to go to to the. Uh, um, to Brookings, South Dakota. It's only on the opposite side of the state from Mount Rushmore, but you know, just you know, make it take a slight detour and stuff. I already have Reese Davis's mono, opening monologue set up. Um, they need to do a, I think a, a story on Dactronics because it's relevant because of all the the college football stadiums that have scoreboards built by Dactronics. So there's that. Um, I already have the guest uh, picker picked out for him. Uh, it's Adam Timmerman. And I've heard Brock Lesnar. No, uh, I've heard. He, he, he'd be the biggest star. I've heard Chad Greenway, and that's who I would pick. Just because, because nobody knows Adam Timmerman. They know Chad Greenway, but he's not a jackrabbit. So, like, I don't know. And, and so that going to be Vin- Vinatieri would be the perfect one. Yes, Lesnar would be the the best one for. Star power, but he's going to be in Florida the night before, and he sure as hell doesn't give a shit about this. Well, and and that's why I, that's why I want a South Dakota State person or someone with South Dakota State ties, because they they're going to care more about the event. Um, you know, with with Chad Greenway, I you know I was talking with Marcus earlier, and he said that you know. Chad Greenway knows Stig, and you know, Stiglmeyer said that Chad Greenway should go to Iowa. So there, there's a mutual respect there and stuff. So he knows who he is, but there's there's no tie to the program. So out of all of the people who have a tie to the program, Adam Timmerman would be that. But like he's a you know he's a legit star. He had a you know he won Super Bowls with he won Super Bowls with the Packers and the Rams. Like when when College Game Day went to Fargo, they had uh, Phil Hansen, a Buffalo Bills defensive end, and uh, Brock Jensen, 
I mean, so if you, hell, if you're if you're gonna throw that out there for Fargo, uh, then Adam Timmerman's better than those two. I would like uh, Mike Dom, but he's in Europe. Yep. So yep. And Nate Wolters doesn't know. have the personality. He's good at that. Where, like, did, like, did North Dakota, you were up there, right? You were up in Fargo right. when this thing happened, and yep. it was a big deal, and they came to Fargo a couple years in a row. Yep. Like, did they say, like, this is big for North Dakota? Obviously, it's big for North Dakota State, and then the football team, and the national titles, and all this other stuff. But were they saying, oh, not only is this good for us, this is good for the entire state. Yeah, I, I don't remember because I was just, I was dating Kelsey at the time. So oh, it, you're, you're, it, it was, yeah. I, I just happened to be in Fargo that weekend seeing her when game day was there. And because her apartment was two blocks away from where game day was set up, like, hell yeah, I'm going to walk down and stand in line at two in the morning yeah. and, and stuff like so for me going to game day was more just out of you know it was a coincidence than anything i didn't go up to game i didn't go up to fargo specifically for game day we had already had this plan but when it was there i'm like okay yeah i'm for sure going like we're not going to change any plans here now this is what i want like this is a a once in a lifetime opportunity never did i expect you know college game day to be coming down to brookings south dakota um and yeah, and so if you had to guess, and it, by the time people listen to this podcast, you'll know you know where they're going to be putting it at. We'll probably know who the guest picker is. You think Chad Greenway? I'm going, and I think that's guess just to be different. I'm going to say Adam Timmerman. the 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 spot for it, I think it makes the most sense by the Campanile. Um, where do you think it should go, and where do you think it will go? Campanile and Campanile. Good. Um, what the hell was I talking about? Uh, this, I feel like no other state would say, oh, this is good for the state. Like, when Minnesota, if Minnesota would ever host this, are they going to say, oh, this is good for us? No. This is good for the state. No. I, I feel like no. we're the only ones that would say that. I think Vermont might say something different. New Hampshire might say something different. Maine might say something different. Oh, yeah. yeah. And my trivia question here would be, maybe you know it, and we talk about, oh, and this is huge for the state and all this other stuff. When was the last time they ran an FCS school? James Madison two years ago. There you go. And if this is so important, it's like... It, did that do anything for James Madison? It's SDSU, James Madison, North Dakota State. Those are the three teams that have been good for a while. Like, did this do anything for them, or are they a bigger now? Are they bigger at all? I don't know. Well, I, don't, I mean, they're in Virginia. They, I don't know. They, their head coach is now the head coach at North Carolina State, I believe. Um, again, it gives them more exposure. They are what they're second in FCS right now. Right, so I mean they're uh, they're very good. Um, the one thing I will say about James Madison is that they are in a state that has Virginia Tech and you know I guess Virginia now two schools that are far more um, you know they're they're D one schools in everything. James Madison is a D one you know they're they're FCS for football and they're 
their basketball teams don't matter because they don't they aren't very good. With South Dakota, it's South Dakota State, and then you have USD. Yes, but this is the South Dakota State is the premier college in the state, right? Or it's the most popular school in the state. You know, no Dakota Wesleyan or Dakota School of Mines. No offense to those schools. They're just. I mean, it is South Dakota State with pockets of USD fans and supporters around. There's no big. There's no other big school there. So, it, within the state. So I think, and I think that's where this gains a little more magnitude, is the fact that they are going to a a, a state where you really only have these two small schools. So it is a bigger deal, I think, state-wise than it is for Virginia and James Madison. Does that make sense? Yeah. This whole thing will be worth it if we can put an end to this name thing. Yes, yes. I, 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 if, this, if this don't, in any way can help with that, and, and my, they'll never do this because it looks shitty for the school and everybody involved. My idea for a story is to do a story on the name thing in South Dakota State. And there was even uh, something in the Star Tribune this week. Gophers were a huge favorite over Rutgers, and they covered, and they said, uh, Gophers, this is the biggest favorite they've ever been since they played South Dakota State in 2010. They didn't play South Dakota State in 2010. They played USD. They were a huge favorite, and they lost that game. So even the Star Tribune can't get right what goddamn team they played when they were 30-point favorite 10 years ago. So it's, this has got to end. So if this helps with recognition anyway, to say this is South Dakota State, this is a school in Brookings, South Dakota, this is not a school 2,500 miles away by the Mexican border in Southern California, if that helps with this, uh, this is not USD, this is not a team with red, in Vermilion, an hour and a half away, this is a team in blue, north of Sioux Falls, not south of Sioux Falls. I don't know why. I, you and I do not know why this is an issue. Every goddamn yep. time they play a game, yep. every time we're on ESPN, you are, you're waiting for it, I'm waiting for it, all the fans are waiting for it. When are they going to screw up our name? When are they going to call us San Diego State? When are they going to call us South Dakota? Yes. If this can end this, by all means... That'll be worse. I, I, I think, you know, Kirk Herbstreit's tweeted. He's excited to go to Brookings. He said South Dakota State in his tweet. So that's already a good start for Kirk. Um, I do expect him to probably say South Dakota at some point. Uh, and I think it's just going to be a slip of the tongue. I think I, 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 I think Lee Corso's going to say it. I'm not going to hold it against Lee Corso because he's, he's he old. He had a stroke. So let, let, I would hope that, you know, we don't hold it against that. I, I just... I don't think they will. I think Jason Hove and Justin Sell and Holy Nutmeg are going to try and just pound that idea in to leaf fitting the the college game day producer with ESPN, Maria Taylor, David Pollock, uh, you know Desmond Howard, Kirk Herbstreit, Reese Davis. Reese won't have a problem with it, but well, they're the thing. The Argus Later has already done many stories on this, and they've already misspelled Reese Davis's name with two E's instead of one. Uh. R-E-S-E, it's a four-letter name, not a five-letter name, R-E-E-S-E, they've already misspelled it. 
Yeah, that's not good. That's great. It's a great start to the week that the former best paper in the state can't even get the host's name right. Ooh, yeah. It's a bad start. If it was Matt Zimmer or whoever did it, it's not good. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good at all. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's very exciting. People are excited. Hope a good crowd shows up. They're probably not winning the game. I mean, that's the cap. If they can win this game, that'd be good. And if you win this game, you're going to be the number one ranked team in the country. And that's going to make the whole thing worth it. It's going to make it the yep. greatest state ever. Yes. And then you got to go undefeated the rest of the year. Yep. So that you can host the same team again yep. two months from now in the game to go to Texas. Yes. that's what is on the line here. Home field advantage in the semifinal is what is on the line here on Saturday. Winner of this game will host the other uh, at the end of December. I'm so not going to say... big game. Big game for that after. I'm not going to say this to any Bison fan. Um, they And I hopefully they hopefully Bison fans don't listen to the podcast this week. But I... I I'll, I think SDSU is going to win. I, I just look at this team. They're, they're better defensively than NDSU is. Or they're like they're leading in more defensive categories than they ever have before in years past. Uh, you know, the, the quarterback deal is a wash as far as I'm concerned between Trey Lance and Jabori Gibbs. Gibbs has maybe turned it over a little bit, a few t- more times than Trey Lance, but he's played better. And I think the supporting cast around Gibbs is better than what Lance has. I think this SDSU team is better than NDSU, and I think SDSU will show it. Though the one concern I have is whether or not you know they'll be a little too amped or pun intended jacked up at the beginning of the game. Maybe a couple of turnovers early on or some penalties. Hopefully that's not the case, but uh, I don't know that it. That's that's my fear, but I do think SDSU will win. I think they will win the Dakota marker. They were close last year in Fargo, and we didn't think that they had a great chance. Like that wasn't a, and they lost. I think twenty one seventeen. They'll win this year. They've gotten off to some bad starts this year. Yes, and they've come from behind to win. Like that, if if, if they get off to, if they're down early, fourteen nothing. That's that. Then that's it. North Dakota State's not giving up a two-touchdown lead. They're just... Why is Brookings Mayor Keith Corbett challenging Sioux Falls Mayor Paul Tenekin to attend uh, college game day this Saturday? Who, wh- I, there was, I don't know. What there, is this, in, what is this challenge? Video. I, I, I didn't see it. I didn't care to watch it. I'm going to guess it has to do with Bring your people from Sioux Falls up to Brookings. That's what I'm going to guess that was all about. Well, they can't now because, well, the game is sold out. And, I mean, it's, it's a huge game, and hopefully, because once this, you know, show's done at 11, that's the end of this. Yes. They're, they're, again, ESPN's not doing this game. Mitchell's right. doing this game. They're not sticking around. They'll be out of the state within within the out, going to wherever the hell they got to go, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, it'll uh, Kirk Curb Street will be joining Chris Fowler in Ann Arbor for Notre Dame, Michigan at six thirty on ABC. Go there for that. So I'm sure they're very excited. But once this is done, this is done. You just yep. concentrate on North Dakota State and, and go from there. So you know, it should be a great time. 
whenever there's something this exciting, people maybe make a bit, a bit too big of a deal of it. But if you win the game, it should be should be very important. Should be great. So that, we're, already, we're, we're one day into this. I feel like I feel like we're about done with like there, there's really nothing new. The announce Tuesday morning where, where it's going to be and what to do if you want to go there. Then once that happens, like, all right, there's really nothing nothing to do until the day of. Uh, so. Thursday, the bus will come in, and I would imagine the interstate's going to be, uh, or, like, the streets will be littered with people welcoming. I, I, guarantee, I, I guarantee you that they did it in Fargo. They've done it other places. They'll do it in Brookings. And then on Friday, college game day, or, uh, or College Football Live will do their show live from Brookings. Uh, here's my big question. Because Friday night, they all go out to eat. And I'm guessing they aren't going to Buffalo Wild Wings or Burger King or Pizza Ranch, wherever they're at. They're going to some nice restaurant. Where is that nice restaurant in Brookings? Are they going? They, I don't think they're going to Whiskey Creek. I don't think they would go to Cubbies. Maybe they'll get Cubbies in for food, you know, for their production meetings on Friday. I would encourage it along with getting SDSU ice cream. And if they don't mention that SDSU is the birthplace of cookies and cream ice cream, we're going to have a serious no, problem. They'll no, mention. They, they better. Are they going to go to Old Market? I mean, where, where is this restaurant that they, what possible restaurant can they go to? Maybe they have some stuff catered in. Um, what is that one fancy restaurant? I never went to it. I don't even know where how they like to describe it. There's some restaurant between campus and downtown. by a stoplight. It looks kind of fancy. I don't even know. What, that, that's all I got for that. Oh, so, oh, oh, yes. Um, oh, it, it used to be the. It used to be a Godfather's. And maybe I don't even know what you would call it. Oh, I think I want to say that place closed down. Uh. It was Apparently, Mark said the pizza ranch not only closed down, it was torn down. Yeah, yep, uh, because they needed the the area for something. I thought they were reopening the, Gee, the pizza. Right. Pretty sure they were reopening the pizza ranch somewhere else. And may I say, as we wrap up this, this discussion, I, I blocked a couple of dumb shits on Twitter yesterday because... Well, thank God you didn't block me. Thank God you didn't block me. I'm not blocking you. These guys were dumb. Um, like an SDSU fan or, or an NDSU fan. And this was when it wasn't announced yet. And they were saying, oh, I don't know. Are there enough hotel rooms in town? I don't know. I saw that. I saw you. I saw you were getting into like, you know, some like, I don't Twitter know. squabbles. How many, how many people does it take to put on game day? I don't know. I'm going to guess maybe 40. You got some camera guys. You got, what, about 10 on-air people, for God's sakes. 40, 50 people, I don't know. Um, I think you can maybe find 20 hotel rooms in the goddamn city, I'm thinking. And this guy's like, no, no, I mean, this fuck, they got hotel rooms in Brookings. They're sold out a year in advance. I want that so badly. I want to say, you're such a dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> you don't even have a goddamn clue what the fuck you're talking about. Uh... I mean, the, the, big, the big story this year is lack of attendance. That's the story. Yeah. He came up here a few weeks ago and said he's disappointed in how nobody's showing of these games. Who, who was this? Who, who who came up and Spake. said this? Oh, okay. Spake. 
Okay, he's like, I'm you know, disappointed and I want people and he's not been happy with the crowds. And I'm sure there's some people in Fargo that come to Brookings every other year and they maybe get their hotel rooms early. But if, if you're, I don't know many South Dakota State fans that stay overnight in Brookings. Either you're from Sioux Falls or you're from somewhere else. You're going to the game and you're probably driving back that night or that afternoon. So I thought this guy was just a complete idiot for saying, and he's like, no, no, this guy told me. This guy told me that this SDSU fan said, yeah, a year in advance they booked these hotel rooms. I don't know, maybe a few people do, but I think the city of Brookings, not all that large, don't have a ton of hotel rooms. I think they'll be fine with this. Haven't so when they- people say <laughs> stupid shit like this, like ESPN, they're thinking about it on, you know, on Saturday night, and you know, man, there's this, now, NDSU, SDSU, that's you know, probably the biggest game of the year in FCS. Yes. We're planning it. Can we do this? I think we can do this. Shit, they don't have enough hotel rooms. Fuck, we got to go to Ohio. we got to go to Notre Dame. we got to go to Michigan. I mean, are these people that stupid <laughs> to think that this is what it comes down to? How many hotel rooms? I do think logistics are... I, I, th- I mean, Jesus Christ. I, I, I do think logistics are a, are a factor in this. I don't think there's... I don't think you can just put that point aside, but for you to not be able to, uh, for you to not be able to find hotel. I mean, there's been like four hotels that have gone up right along the interstate, either by uh, like Lowe's and the Taco Bell there, or uh, you know, right by Whiskey Creek, like with you know, my home, your home place. And you got the Hampton. You, you don't think that they can't get the people? And you know what? I bet the Hampton would gladly tell you know, people from Fargo to buzz off and go get a, a room at the Super 8 or the Starlight Hotel. You know, the, the, like, or go, go to the I casino, have, go to Flandreau. I don't have time for these people. I don't have time for people that think like this. It's ridiculous. And they think I'm an idiot. <laughs> and I think they're an idiot. We both think each other are stupid as shit. <laughs> I feel like, what are you talking about? Hotel rooms? How many people do you think are coming to this game? I just had a game a couple weeks ago, they had 14,000. They had, they had a crowd with all time stadium records, like 18,000 something. A few years ago, probably three, four years ago against North Dakota State. They had 18,000 something. And they'll break that record probably by 1,000 people. Minimum. On Saturday. Yep. Minimum. It's like, did they have enough hotel rooms for that? ESPN's going to be there. They're going to have their crew there in a couple of days. And there's going to be a couple of dozen guys setting shit up. And then they're going to bring in the celebrity guys to come in. It's like, God damn. Like, what are we doing? And, are we that the small s- time and, and, and shitty <laughs> that we don't have enough hotel rooms for 50 people? I th- it's like, it's so embarrassing to me that people think like that. That that is something that's billion-dollar company that Disney owns, it comes down to shit. I, is there enough hotel rooms in Brookings? Fuck, they can build a hotel. I know, but, but, Krenz, logistically, I do think it factors in. It, it, it is a it is a factor for oh, them shit. to be... It's not it's not the end-all, be-all, but there are things to consider with it. Hey, so hey, hey. I don't hotel rooms in that town? Oh, you do? Okay, we'll be there. Right, it, right. It's so, it's so ridiculous. Is there a place we can stay? Oh, there is? It's in town? Okay. That's fine. It's, I mean, at, it's so 
Yeah. Uh, For me, it, I, I just look at them and it's like, God, you guys are so stupid. And these are like the hardcore of the hardcores. Th- like these are the guys that are at every game. I think they're going to stay at Hove's house or Stig's house. One of the two. They could find stay at Stig's house. Maybe. What Friday? I, I got an email today. Like you, you, you can get a credential just for college game day. Yes, I. Marcus I said that. I, I want to get. Can you get me one? I probably could. I don't know what you would do. You would just be again. You would just be there. Will they say you can't? You can't shoot anything uh, past seven o'clock a.m. You can't shoot anything. You can't have a live broadcast as this is going on. So it's like if I got one, I would be there. I would just be watching the show like I would on the TV. I yeah. guess and I, they're right there now. It's like okay. Will so, Will Rottler had this. Before uh, when he was at Penn State, he got a credential uh, for that, and he said it's like a you know you get to go behind the stage and all the jazz during the show. So you're right, I mean, it's it's great. I mean, I I take you, I get to go get credentials, you know, rub elbows with Kirk Herbstreet and uh, and and Lee Corso. I mean, that's everybody else. So I mean, this is just the beginning of it. Um, media will be up there all week. They got uh, they got what Friday. You can come up there and talk to the Dr. East Davis and everybody else. So I'm sure they'll be doing that. All the TV stations and radio and newspapers will be up there on Friday to talk to them because, like you know, the show it's almost like the game's important, and that's why they're up here. But it's almost like the show is the story. All these guys are coming up here mm-hmm. to do their show here again because it's and South Dakota. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't come if you go to South Dakota. You're going to go to the western side of the state unless you're here for the Summit League tournament in March. But you're going to the western side of the state to see Mount Rushmore and the Black Hills. You aren't coming to Brookings for anything. The fact that ESPN is coming is a big deal, right? It's good for them. We're, we're excited about it, yes. So, and, and, and they deserve it because they are, you know, fans don't show up like, like they should. I mean, they're right there with North Dakota Station. Right. I mean, and I think I think part of that is the elements. I think it's also the, the area. It's a smaller town. It's a farming town. There's farming and hunting in South Dakota. I think there, there are a number of, of other factors that go into that I guarantee you, if, if the if North Dakota State didn't have the Fargo Dome, if they didn't have a dome stadium, they don't they don't sell out every game. No way. I think they, I think they would. You aren't gonna I have. Like, I think it's like I think it's a Green Bay thing. Green Bay doesn't have a Green Bay's out in the elements. It's cold as hell in nah. Green Bay, and they sell out every game. It's it's a national. Like, that's a national brand though. If you care enough, I think they'll fill it out. I mean, look how many people they bring down here, for God's sake. Yeah. They bring 5,000 people down here, and they don't give a shit what the weather is. And I hope it won't be any more than that for Saturday. Um, World Series. Yes. Houston Astros, the Washington Nationals. I believe I had that. Um, okay, maybe I said the Dodgers, but I really wanted the Nationals. Um... I said the Nationals would give the Dodgers a run for their money. Um, they beat them. This uh, Crins baseball is so long. I just 
five hours. Wait, wait till I tell you about a sport called hockey. Uh, Holy shit. Whoa. They're playing now? Whoa. They're, they're playing now, stacking? They're playing right now. They've been playing for like weeks. Yeah. It's from like in early October. Okay, you're you're talking about the end until and they're not gonna end until their June. Season until June. Until like three weeks before the fourth of July. Yeah, you know, okay, so That's you're amazing. you're talking about the season. I'm talking about the specific game. Five hours for this game Saturday night. And I'll be honest, I was watching this game between the Astros and the Yankees. And it's 4-2 Astros and going to the top of the ninth. And I changed the channel because I said, I do not want to watch the Yankees tie this up. And I know they're going to, and I don't want to watch it. And what happens? Boom. 4-4. DJ LeMayhew hits a home run. Like, God dang it. So I'm going to just monitor this, and I'm going to check back in five minutes. And it was ended up being like 10 minutes or something. And I... Flip over to it just as Altuve hits the home run. Joe Buck goes crazy. Houston goes crazy. A fantastic game. It's just so long. It's just... I You need something to pick up the pace a little bit. I know we talked about this last week. But it it was such a great game. But uh, I I can't get over the length. And that's baseball's problem. Yeah, I don't know. Again, like I said last week, I don't have any problem with how long the game is. If it's a good game, like that game there, I watched a little bit of it on and off. It was like 9, 30, 10 o'clock. I was tired. I went to bed. They were 4 to 2. I wake up the next day and then I see what happened. I'm like, good. Houston won. Good for them. Um, so I didn't care enough to stay up till whatever, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. I never got over with. But... Like the Houston uh, Yankees series, that was a good series. Right, good yes. series, some close games. Um, Cardinals Nationals was not a good series. No, it wasn't. First couple games were close. Well, two games in St. Louis, they were not close. Um, so I mean, again, if you're interested enough, you'll watch, and if you're not interested, you won't. So, but I am interested, and I still can't get through it. If you're interested enough, you'll watch. But if not, you know, I've, I've never turned off a game because it's too long. I've, I've, I've turned off a game because I'm tired. I've turned off a game because I don't care or I'm not interested. Um, if you're if you're watching a game and it has like the twin game I went to was four hours. Yep. And I, I, I never lost interest in that. Like if you care enough about it, you'll watch the whole thing. When you like if this North Dakota State South Dakota State game takes four hours. Like, you'll watch. Yep. And it's a close game, and it's a good game. You'll watch the whole thing. Yep. It, it, it's it's the investment, uh, no doubt. When you watch games at home, you're sitting in your chair. Do you ever fall asleep right in your chair? Rarely. Sometimes. I have you're a, not watching a game. I have a huge problem with that. I can't. I, I cannot keep my eyes open to save my life. I just can't. I guarantee you I'll, I'll be falling asleep in there in in the chair or downstairs or on the couch upstairs at least once or twice a week. It's just a four. All sports, yeah, it doesn't matter. Or you know, like getting ready for the for uh, you know, if I want to watch the Daily Show or something, I'll go, boom, you know, there, you know, Sports Center, anything like that. You know, I'll try and stay up for, you know, 
Scott Van Pelt and see, uh, you know, his, you know, bad beat segment on Monday or who his winners are on Thursday. But uh, I just had. Yes, it was on bad beat. Yes, yes, it was. Uh, Did you see? You saw my tweet, or did you pick it from somewhere else? I heard about it. I didn't see it. I heard about it. It it was just it it was a it was against uh, Youngstown State uh, Jabori Gibbs. Uh, running that 65-yard touchdown late in the in the game, where he could have taken a knee. Uh, Young uh, Youngstown State was uh, had three three and a half points. Uh, they ended up losing by ten. So that's the. That like, was the I, bad re- I remember the World Series game last year that took what was it six hours? Yeah. Six oh and yeah. A half yes. Hours? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Game three. It went, and I'm like, I was like a. Saturday night, I it was a Saturday night. Yep. And you sent me a text like at midnight saying stuff about UCLA and the Rose Bowls have empty, <laughs> and they were playing Stanford. Oh yes. And all else they were yep. playing. And I'm like, are you shitting me? I'm watching the goddamn thirteenth inning of the longest World Series game ever, of one of the longest baseball games ever played, and you're talking about. UCLA and whatever the hell. Just because I saw it. I wasn't like, I wasn't purposely watching the game or like looking for it. It was just happened to be on at the bar. I'm like, I I can't believe how few people there are. And that was a game where like I had nothing to do the next day. I was up like, all right, I don't care how long this takes. And the game gets over like at two in the morning. And like Max Muncy at the home run. I was still in the game. The Dodgers won. And that was a game where the longer it went, uh, the, the more exciting it got. And uh, uh, the opposite of it. I was like, I want this game to go on forever. I want this game to be a 25-inning game. I want there to be no pitchers left. And they got to play again tomorrow. And it was it was great. I thought it was one of the most memorable World Series games ever. And it was one of the like, five longest games ever played, yep. time-wise. And it only went seven hours, for Christ's sake. You could have literally probably flown to a lot of different places and done a lot of different things in that time. I believe Peter King did have something about that in his uh, Monday, Monday morning quarterback. Uh, but to the World Series itself, you have five of the top ten pitchers, you know, stat-wise and stuff in the in the in this game here. Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, uh, you know, Patrick Corbin, Max Scherzer, and Steven Strasburg and you know Granky, yeah, and Granky's in there as, as well. I think he's the like the he's the aforementioned player, like he's the forgotten one in the bunch. This is going to be a series, I think, where runs are going to be at a premium. Can the can the Astro uh, can the can the Nationals pitching shut down the Astros bats enough? I just that's the big question for me. I think. For for the Nationals, they aren't going to get by Cole, but they can get to Verlander. Perhaps they can certainly get to Granky. For the Astros, are they going to be able to hit Scherzer? Are they going to be able to hit Strasburg? Are they going to be able to hit Corbin enough to generate those runs? I I think I, I trust the Astros lineup a little bit more to get those runs in, and that's why I'm going to take him in the series. But I don't think it's just a foregone conclusion that Houston is winning it all. Yeah, they're like, the, what, the biggest favorite in 12 years? And like Houston should be the favorite, but I think it's going to be a pretty close series. I mean, Washington has been killing it. 
for a long time now. And with the way baseball's going with the opener and with the uh, with the bullpens, I mean, what we have here is, you know, more traditional baseball. We're going to have three guys, or top three starters, in these first three games, and you expect these guys to go seven and eight innings uh, all the time. So uh, these are two teams that have a lot of good starting pitching. Maybe the Twins could have used. Yeah, and they've got they've got the guys, and now they're here in the end. They're the two teams that are left, and they have the two best starting rotations uh, in baseball. So that's, that's how they got here. Houston's back. They were they were not killing it against the Yankees. They didn't exactly tear it up against the Yankees. Um. So yeah, Houston's offense was not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, in that series, so I think uh, yeah, a low scoring series. Uh, Home run, if you're going to score, probably going to have to score a home run. So, uh, Scherzer's got a little straws that are Kershaw in him. And he's not great in the postseason. So, uh, Garrett Cole, he's been the MVP of these playoffs. He's been he's been great. He's been the best pitcher out there. So, what? I think Houston, Houston wins in six, I would say. And Garrett Cole, I uh, think, probably wins, wins the deal. Wouldn't that be, I, you know ironic or the definition of irony for the baseball season to be all about the home runs the record number of home runs that have been hit and for the world series to be low scoring in a pitcher's duel like that that truly would be the definition of irony and the year the home run yeah you saw i mean you you saw how houston won the game on a home run you saw how the yankees tied the game up on a home run and um, what Aaron Hicks, he had a home run off of Verlander early on. I think it was game five or whatever it was. Yankees got up early 3 nothing, and they ended up winning that game. So if you're not in home runs, it's, it's going to be difficult to score. So, I mean, Strasburg's been good. Scherzer's been good. All of these guys have been good. So this is, I'm inter- I wasn't much interested in the last series, the last round. I'm interested in this one because Washington's never been there. And Houston's putting together a pretty good run. So this this World Series does interest me oh, quite a bit. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I will be watching at least part of most games. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it should be good. Uh, Kirk Cousins is uh, dissecting defenses uh, at a record pace. Uh, he's the first quarterback in NFL history to throw for over 300 yards and have rating a QB ratings of over 130 in two, two consecutive that. games or three consecutive games for what it's I worth. I saw that. I saw that. I saw that stat. Like, wow, that's impressive. And I thought of Hall of Famer Pat Mahomes. Yes. And he's breaking all the records. I'm like, oh, he's, he's, he's had to have done that. He throws three, four touchdowns every game. And from what I saw... Pat Mahomes did that the first three games of this year. From what I saw, I don't know. He had a quarterback rating of over, I believe, unless I read something wrong. So, either way, the Vikings quarterback, he's been, he's been outstanding. Yes. And it's it's happened ever since. Adam Thielen called him out. Now, Adam Thielen is out right now with a hamstring injury. He won't play Thursday night. That's fine. They don't need him. They need him against Kansas City, who they will face next week. I will be at that game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes will not be at that game, which sucks because I wanted to see the Hall of Famer. But it helps the Vikings' chances. So that's good. Um 
so I that like I say that that really helps the Vikings right now. It was great to see Olabisi Johnson get involved or step when, up. When did big. he change his name? I don't know. I I don't know. Uh, you you search yeah. for him in the fantasy app and it's BC Johnson. Yeah, I, I I've been watching these games and then they called him BC Johnson this week for the first time. And I'm like, what happened to the Ola? <laughs> okay, uh, got rid of it. It went to Nola. Yeah. yeah. Uh, BC Johnson. Whatever. Call call yourself. Whatever the hell you got to call yourself. Yeah, defense was not good. Yeah, it sucked. Um, it was bad. It was very, very bad. They were bad, but yeah, offense was was lights out again. So, and what's what makes it so much more impressive with the offense is that Kirk Cousins was able to throw for over three hundred yards without Adam Thielen after that first drive. Like, and the, all you have is Stephon Diggs. The wide receiving depth on this team is there is no depth. I mean, there just isn't. So you're you're. You're throwing it, right? No, but but that I I was getting to that because the wide receivers, the the tight ends. Yes, you have Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith, and it was nice to finally get them involved. Um, But but on the wide receiver line, if Thielen or Diggs go out, you have Johnson, and that's pretty much it. It, Laquan Treadwell, cool. That's very that that's awesome. Um, CJ Ham get involved. It was it was just outstanding. I think it's going to continue in prime time this Thursday night against Washington, a Washington team that's bad. By the way, did you see that San Fran Washington game in the rain there in uh, DC? Fantastic. I saw they had a bunch of players uh, slide in the water. I think when the game yes. ended or something. Yep. Some damn thing. Yep. It was I great. The running back play. The running back. Appeared to have hurt his ankle. I saw he had an MRI or something. Yep. If that son of a bitch doesn't play, which I don't expect him to because he's an asshole, I'll be very disappointed. So the Vikings will win this week without question. I think Kirk Cousins can keep this going because I think the offense is on such a roll right now with Dalvin Cook. I mean, they're getting them out of the pocket. They're doing these play-action things. It's working fantastic. And they're, they're blocking for him. No sacks on Sunday. It was great. And they're able to to do the play action and roll them out of the pocket because the running game has been so effective. Dalvin Cook leads the league in rushing. It's been very fun to watch. The running back's great. But I go back, I mean, this is probably the best three games he's played in a row yes. in his career. Yep. And this is, this is what we paid for. And, uh, you know, hopefully I think it's going to be a very – Small margin of error between the five seed and, and a bye. I think they're right there. Yep. If they get the five seed, they're going to probably play Dallas. I, by all means, welcome a playoff game yes. at Dallas. Yes. By all means, sign me up right now. Yep. They got the Redskins. They win that one. They've got Kansas City. I expect them to win that one. Yep. They've got Dallas the following week. I think what in Dallas. Yep. I think they, they can win that they one. I think they can they win don't that one. Don't concern me at all. Like you said it, the NFC, nothing concerns you. At Seattle, no fun. But the Packers and the Saints are the two best teams. And you agree with me that, yeah, we'll play the Packers and we'll play the Saints. That's fine. We are not, I'm not concerned about either of those two teams. We'll play them in the playoffs. Probably lose on the road. But there, there's no – I mean, this is a good year. If they want to do something – Something's going on. I mean, they're they're right there. It's not. They're right there. It's not that you know that the NFC is weak. It's just that I know that the Vikings can play with all of these teams. The NFC East is no good. Right. 
Philadelphia's quarterback is dog shit. Oh, Fargo's awful. Uh, the Rams, Rams are down. Um, yep. Saints, probably the Saints are the best. What it appears. And hopefully Dan Bridgewater can go somewhere and get paid a lot of money. Yep. Because uh, he's been, he's been good. Uh, the Bears quarterback sucks as well. Hopefully the Bears finish last in that division. So, I mean, but then again, I go back to it. Giants are terrible. Detroit's not making the playoffs. And the Eagles aren't making the playoffs. So, he's done well. But again, I mean, Kansas City's defense isn't great. Dallas is probably winning the division. That'd be a nice win. Right. The, the, the question is still always going to be there. What happens when you play a good team on the road? Yep. Because you're going to have to beat a team on the road in the playoffs. And can this guy do that? Can he, can he play good enough to do that? Well, we'll find out when they play Seattle in December. Uh, yes. The Dallas game is a big one because that'll be Sunday night, prime time, on the road. Um, How do those Sunday night, how do those prime time road games, how do those usually end up? Not great. Not great, but is there some, there's something Not different great. going on here. Um, well, three weeks ago we were mother after the quarterback, something serious. Yep, yep. Now, now, for Green Bay, if people are already, it's like they're conceding the division to the Packers. The Packers are only one game up on oh. the Vikings. And they've played five of seven at home. You know, they have a lot of road games coming up here. Now, granted, they're fortunate, just like the Vikings, because they get Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes this week. Or Kansas City without Patrick Mahomes this week. They're going to play a terrible Chargers team in a couple of weeks. That Carolina game is very, very interesting now. Carolina's playing outstanding. And you got Christian McCaffrey. That that could be a loss for the Packers. Um, so it, I don't know. It, it there's there's a lot of intrigue going on, and you know the the Vikings get to host the Packers uh, right before Christmas Eve on Monday night. That could decide the division right there. Probably will, yeah. So hopefully, hopefully we're close enough. Yep. Thursday night, eight twenty p.m. Eastern, seven twenty p.m. Central Time on Fox and the NFL Network. Vikings hosting Washington. Do you want to do this NBA? Do you want to do a brief NBA season preview or wait till next week? Oh, we can do that. I think. Wait or? Oh, we can. We can. We can fit it in. Okay. All right. Um, Zion's out six to eight weeks. He had surgery, uh, and that sucks. Are you still picking New Orleans for the playoffs? Probably not. No, I say no. Oh, it just sucks. I mean, the West, you, you got Kawhi Leonard, who's who went from Toronto to the Clippers. He brought in Paul George. The Clippers are the team to beat in the West. Anthony Davis and LeBron James and the Lakers are going to be very good. Um, Denver's going to be really good. Portland's going to be really good. I have reservations about Golden State. I know you don't. Houston's going to be outstanding with James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Two of them teaming up again. Um, I don't think the Spurs are making the playoffs. I don't. The, the The Mavericks will be close. I think the Grizzlies take another step this year. The Kings. I really like the Kings. And I like... Uh, uh, New Orleans, if Zion could come back, because if you have six to eight weeks, 
That's only about 20 games, which is, granted, a fourth of your season. But it's manageable. Your thoughts? I think, um, I like the Nuggets. Obviously, I said that one last week. I like the Nuggets. To be the one seed. So, it seems like I don't seem like the Clippers are the favorites. Like, everybody's picking, picking the Clippers. To, to, to do something. Yep. I think people have reasonable expect, expectations for the Lakers. So, like the Clippers, I guess, defensively, they're really good. If you look at who they've got. Mm-hmm. Paul George has not played well in the playoffs with the Thunder. Um... Houston should be interesting with those two guys. I think the Nuggets are the one seed. I think Houston is the two. I think they're going to rest Kawhi Leonard quite a bit like they did last year. So that worked for them. Yep. I guess I'll give the Clippers. Clippers the three, maybe the Blazers the four, Lakers the five, and then who the hell knows from there. I will go Clippers one, Lakers two. Really? Uh, yep. I'll go Rockets three, Nuggets four. No, yeah, we'll go Nuggets four. We'll go Jazz five. I will go Trailblazers six. I, you know what? Mm. Yeah, put the Warriors in there. The I don't have to. It's going to come down to the Warriors, Kings, and Pelicans. I'll give the Warriors the seven. I'll give the Kings the eight right now, and the Pelicans just miss out. But I I really want the Pelicans. And, be, you know, they do have, for what it's worth, Lonzo Ball. They have another guy from the Lakers they got in trade. Um, Ingram. Ingram, yep. Uh, they have J.J. Redick. They have Drew Holiday. So there, there is reason to think that New Orleans can at least – be a little sustainable with with Zion out, but I, I I really like the Kings. So if gonna put a gun to my head, I'm gonna say that the Pelicans just miss and the Warriors will make it. But I would not it would not shock me, Crins, pull the old stacking adage out if the Warriors miss and the Pelicans and Kings both get in. That would shock the hell out of me if that happened. Rockets uh, one, Rockets two, Clippers three, Lakers four, no, I had Blazers four, Lakers five, Jazz six, Warriors seven, Spurs eight. Okay. So we have a little difference of opinion on some of these teams. I think I like the Knights more than you. Yep, you do. I like, I like the Warriors more than you. But we have them in the same seating right now, which is weird. Yeah. I think I like the Rockets more than you, maybe? You had the Rockets at two. I had them at three. So, yeah, just slightly different. Most time, it feels like there's a couple of playoff teams in the West, I guess, that or a couple of teams in the West that get left out. Because it's so depth. The depth of the West is so big. But, you, but like this year, I mean, you got the Suns, you got the Grizzlies, you got the Wolves, 
Real trash. Thunder, Thunder are the biggest trash in the country. Thunder are better than the Suns and the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. Really? Well, if you want this to be, I'll put this as our whatever, our bet of the year or whatever. I think okay. the Thunder finished better than the Suns, the Grizzlies, and the Timberwolves. All right, I will say that the Wolves finished better than the Thunder. I'd love for the Kings to be there, but I just don't see it. Uh, Pelicans, maybe a couple of years away. Mavericks, well, we'll see what Porzingis, Porzingis does. That's, they're interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and the Spurs, they're always, they're always there. So, people, people are sitting on Golden State. Um, like defensively, I've heard, like they don't think they're very good defensively. Um, like this is the first year in a long time. Like they've got no pressure this year. They have got right. no pressure at all. Right. Like they can just go out and they can do whatever the hell they want. Curry yep. can, he can shoot 12 threes a game and Draymond Green can kick anybody in the groin that he wants. <laughs> yep. Uh, like D'Angelo Russell's pretty good. They can get Clay Thompson back to the playoffs. And that's, uh, will be that hell that I can just envision it now in, in late April. Uh, somebody's saying, oh, how, how dangerous the seven seed Warriors are when they play Houston. So, I like Golden State. Um, I'm in the Nuggets. I'm, I'm riding that Nuggets train until that thing falls off. I know. I know you are. Uh, in the East, it's wide open. Uh, the East sucks. Uh, we'll go... I think the top three are pretty set, I think. We'll go Milwaukee 1, Philadelphia 2, or do you want to go Philadelphia 1, Milwaukee 2? I'll go Milwaukee 1, Philly 2, Celtics 3. And nobody else matters. I am still not necessarily sold on on the Celtics, but I suppose we'll give them the nod. Um... I think the Pacers are going to. I, I like the Pacers. Victor Oladipo is going to come back. Uh, they did get Malcolm Brogdon from, uh, from the from the Bucks. So that's that's big defensively. You'll see a lot of games in the eighties for them. So that that that'll set basketball back. Uh, the Bulls suck. Pistons will be in the mix. The Cavs won't. Uh. The Raptors. Yes. Oh, yes. I like the Nets. I like the Nets a lot, even if they don't have Durant. Um, the Heat will be fine with Jimmy Butler, and I mean, sure, we'll throw the Magic in. I suppose I really like the Hawks. Young team, but I really like the Hawks this year. People are picking the Bulls to make the playoffs. I just like. I'm like, what? Why? I don't know. Like I've been seeing a lot of like seven and eight seed. They got Sports Illustrator right here. They've got them as an eight seed. They lost sixty games last year, and they've got all the same players. This kid from uh, the kid with the hair from North Carolina. Yeah, count me in on him. What the hell is his name? Uh, Jacoby White or Co- oh, Kobe White? Kobe White. Yes. 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 I think mean, I think he's going to be. Uh, hopefully, he can be that that guy they need. Uh, Zach Levine's been good. Uh, Lori Markman's been good. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. had a fine rookie year before he got hurt. Otto Porter Jr. they have, and he's a free agent. And hopefully he's uh, he averaged like 17 points when he was again he got traded uh, to the Bulls. Mm-hmm. And he's agent. And uh, they've got the X Factor stacking. They've got your X Factor, your favorite player. Zach Levine. 
Thaddeus Young. Oh! Oh! <laughs> I don't think they I don't think they're making the point. They got, they got some guys. Uh, I really like the rookie though, Kobe White. I really like him. So yeah, from your favorite college basketball team to your favorite pro team. That's good. It, it works back in 1984. Hopefully, it works here in uh, 2019. All right. So the so we are one through three is the same then. Bucks, 76ers, yeah. Celtics. The four I have the, I think I have the Toronto Raptors. I don't, I don't like Toronto. I, 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 am sure they'll be good, and I'm sure I'll be wrong about this. But I don't know why. I just don't like them. That's fair. You got Serge Ibaka on nope. the bench. She's all right. I, I. Yeah, Fred, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm switching it. I, I'm going Miami Heat four. Really. They got Fred VanVleet. He's good. Yep. Yeah, Mark Marcus all old as hell. Uh, Siakam, they gave Siakam a lot of money a couple days ago. Yep. They got Kyle Lowry, who I think is not very good. He, he's about finished. I I just I don't know. I don't know. Give me yeah. the give me the Heat four, the Pacers five, the the Raptors six, the. Magic seven and the Hawks eight. Ooh, top three the same. Give me the Pacers at four. Give me the Nets at five. Give me the Heat at seven. What about six? Give me the uh, Heat at six. Reluctantly, the Raptors at seven. Hopefully, it's a quick, quick, painful death for them <laughs> at seven. That, that eight seed, boy, who the hell knows? That eight seed, you like the Hawks? I do. Uh, sure, let's, let's go Atlanta. They, had, Atlanta. they got three first-round picks, I believe, this year. DeAndre Hunter was one. Uh, let's see, who who else did the Hawks get? Yeah, Trey Young, he, uh, he, he struggled early, and then in the second half, Trey Young... Lit it up. He turned it. He lit yeah, it up. They got this red-headed kid, Kevin Huber. He, he did something. Yep, the he's a the yeah, sharpshooter from Maryland. They got Cam Reddish, I think, dog, dog poo. <laughs> so Vince well, Carter, yeah. they have the ageless wonder Vince Carter in his last year. Yeah, I got that. Uh, yeah, DeAndre Hunter. They got Jabari Parker. We'll see what that does. Um, Evan Turner. I think I don't think that's a bad piece. I don't know. I just I really like I really like this team. I, I really do. They are a team that is going to be a good team for years to come. I think those the Clippers get new jerseys. Oh, they may have. They may like just go like black. A lot of black and white, kinda of like the Nets. I do like these jerseys. I like the courts. The last couple of years, the NBA, they not only have the jersey, but they have the alternate courts, which I love. Uh, there's going to be, I think in March, March or April, the Raptors and the Grizzlies are going to play a home and home, and they're going to wear their jerseys from their first year in 95. Oh, yes. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. Jerseys. For those two schools, the, the Grizzlies, I think, are doing this for a lot of the, for more than a few games this year. There, there was something I looked at. I think it was this morning. I think um, 
of the schedule of all these teams wearing these different jerseys. So that, that's, I think, uh, what the NBA has done these past few years of all of these different jerseys, I think it's been been, been good. That's, that's a positive. Absolutely. Uh, then, okay, Western Conference Finals, Battle for L.A., Clippers-Lakers. I have the Clippers. Oh, boy. I have in the East... 76ers Bucks give me the Bucks and we'll go Clippers over Bucks Clippers win an NBA title yep Kawhi Leonard wins two in a row yep oh boy give me the Rockets over the Clippers okay hmm like Philadelphia, this seems like a big year for Philadelphia. They almost beat Toronto. Game seven, great shot by what Leonard or Ravel hit, hit the shot. Yep. Uh, Milwaukee looked like they were going to steamroll Toronto. Well, they were up two nothing in that series. Yep. Or whatever it was, yep. and Toronto steamrolled them in the end. Like really. You can only see three teams coming out of the East. Meanwhile, the West, you can probably see four teams probably come out of there. Oh, yeah, let's go. Milwaukee over the Sixers. Give me, give me Houston to finally do something. Houston with the, with the China thing, it all comes to, it starts with the China thing. And it ends with Houston beating Milwaukee. Okay, interesting. I do need to make a revision on my Eastern Conference because I forgot the Nets. I really like the okay. Nets this year. I've, I've tapered off them a little bit. Uh, we're going to sub. I hate to do this. I hate to take my magic out, but I'm going to take the magic oh. out, and I'm going to insert the – we'll just bump every team back one. Um, give me the Nets at four. I think James Harden wins MVP. I'll give uh, the Greek Freak it. Yeah, that's a good pick. Thank you. What are you interested in? I know you hate the NBA. Um, I guess, you know, I really hope the Lakers suck. That's the big thing. I would really love to see Houston struggle. Um, so inevitably those two, the opposite of those two things will happen. Um, I, I will be curious about the East uh, because I think the East has a lot of decent teams. I, the, the parody in the NBA, much like what we're seeing in the NFL, because if you look at the NFL, truly, there are a lot of good teams, especially in the NFC. If you look at the NBA landscape, especially how difficult the West is, like, are, you could make the case that the, the West would have 12 teams in a 16-team playoff if you were to go non-conferences and just go by best record. Yes. So the West is going to be a bloodbath all year long. In the East, there are those teams already established. The the, the Bucks, the, the 76ers, and the Celtics. We presume the Nets will be good. After that, it's anyone's game. Uh, the Pacers, I think, will be good. I really like the Hawks. 
Jimmy Butler should do something with the Heat. You have to factor in Detroit. Orlando's in there, too. I think there are a lot of... In, you know what? Let's see what the Raptors can do. There are, there are just a lot. There's a, a lot of intrigue, I think, in the East as to who's going to come out. It's very wide open. And you got Kevin Durant next year. So that yes. adds to it. Yep. Absolutely. Ben Simmons had a three and preseason. He didn't hit one last year. I think he'll make one this year. When when will he make a three pointer? He will be one for uh no okay. Uh January sixteenth. So it won't be like three months into the season he won't make one. No. In fact, he he will be 0 for 20 before he makes his first three. I think he'll make one in the first month. Okay. I don't think he makes more than 10, but I think he'll actually make a few this year, which is embarrassing to say for a professional player. It is. Um, and it is. It's, it's remarkable how poor the shooter he is. I have to I have to make a revision. It will be January fifteenth, uh, against the Brooklyn Nets on ESPN. That's when he makes it. Very good. I'll be excited uh, when season starts Tuesday with a couple of uh, Pelicans, Raptors, yep. and it's what Clippers, Lakers tomorrow night. Yes. So I'll be excited for the NBA season for about. Uh, Six minutes through the first quarter, and then I'll realize, Jesus Christ, this season's already old as hell, <laughs> and we'll, we'll slog through it, and I hope to watch a lot of the Nuggets and whatever the hell else I can I can see, and very long season. Just remember, Crins, college basketball starts in less than two weeks. Well, with, with, with the hockey and the basketball, they're just starting now, and when, when do they end? Baseball will already be three months into their next season. That's how long these seasons are. Mm-hmm. And baseball is going to wrap up here next week. And they're going to have an off season, and they're going to have three months worth of games. And then that is when the hockey and the basketball end. So. Yep. Yep. But that's okay. Cause college basketball is right around the corner. Good. All right. Uh, enjoy game day if you're down there. I'm still making my decision. Uh, we'll, we'll enjoy it on TV at the bare minimum. It'll be a great day for Brookings. It'll be a great day for South Dakota State. Well, yes, yes. And we'll great stop it right there. We'll stop it right there. <laughs> All right. Very good, my friend. I'll talk to you next week. All right. We'll see you later. Travis Crins joined us here on the Sports Block. In case you can't tell, I'm developing a cold, and uh, my voice is losing a little bit here. So, um, But, yeah. College game day coming to Brookings, South Dakota. Get it on. Got Charlie Hildebrand coming up next. Extended conversation with him, hopefully, about college game day coming and also what's going on in college football. And yeah, it's a long podcast this week, folks. Sit back. Got it. We're an hour and a half in. We got another hour and a half to go. It's coming up here. Sports Block Podcast found now on podcast.com. Search Sports Block. You can find me on Twitter at at Andy Stacken, Travis Crins at Travis Crins, Facebook Nathan Stacken, a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Coming up next, though, Charlie Hildebrand, thoughts on the college football season so far in college game day. 
It's all coming up next year. Sports Block Podcast. We continue here on the Sports Block Podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined by my good friend, uh, Charlie Hildebrand, our resident college football expert. Charlie, you've, you've moved in. Uh, you're now an Iwegian, Iowan. Uh, how's it going so far? It's good. It's good. Last night, on, or I guess on Sunday, it was actually the first night I stayed here because I don't have internet hooked up yet. That doesn't get hooked up till Wednesday. Oh, that's so that's not I, good. I only live an hour from my parents' place now, so you know I would come here and unpack and take care of some stuff and just drive back because you know when you only live an hour away. I mean, for anyone listening who's a South Dakota State person, it's basically just like going from Brookings to Sioux Falls. Yeah, it's maybe you know ten or fifteen minutes more than that. But yeah, so it is not a big deal to be like, oh yeah, I'm just going to drive there, but then you know hang out for a few hours and come back. But yeah, it's uh, it's been good so far. Well, good. I hope the uh, the job is uh, is everything you want it to be. I'm glad you get weekends off now, and with that weekend off, you might be able to yeah, come just, just in time. Yeah, you might be able to come to College Game Day live from Brookings, South Dakota. Charlie, I'm so torn on this. I don't know if I should go or not. Uh, you know, logistically, could I? I don't know. Uh, I think it's going to come down to a last-minute decision on whether or not I will go. Are you going to College Game Day live from Brookings, South Dakota? I'm kind of in the same boat you are. I'm torn. I do really want to go, and I can go. The only thing is that, you know, with moving and everything, I am quite short on cash, the exact moment. I'm not permanently broke, but until I get paid next, I, you know, I'm not saying I'm you know, living on canned food only. It's not like that. But it's not the ramen noodle diet. It's not ramen noodle, but I don't have as much discretionary income as I did, or as cash to spend as I did two weeks ago before right. moving. So I think if I do go up there, which I think I'm leaning towards going right now, yep. it will not be, you know, spending the night and hanging out all day and no. spending a bunch of money on food, booze, and stuff. It'll be more like. Driving up, going to the game, hanging out for an hour or two afterwards, and be like, "All right, well, I guess I'm driving back now." I I would strictly be going just for the show, and then driving back right after game day's done. That that would you wouldn't even stay for the game. No, no, it's sold out already. Um, no, I didn't realize it was sold out. Yeah, already. no, no, it's sold but, out. Uh, I'm probably not going. I mean, I'm sure if I wanted to, I could get a scalp ticket or something. Right, which is weird to talk about South Dakota State games. Tickets yeah, and this, this is crazy. But, I don't know, how, you know, when regarding the ticket sales, I because I posted this on Twitter. I've been a tw- uh, Twitter uh, fanatic here, just going all over, like, oh, looking at all this game day stuff, and I'm freaking out about all these things. I'm gonna be posting, you know, pr- production ideas to College Game Day. You know, I think they need to film something, you know, do a story on Dactronics because they're the leading scoreboard manufacturer in the world. You know, all these stadiums, they have Dactronics displays. You better do that. It's based right there in Brookings, South Dakota. I have uh, Reese Davis's opening monologue all ready to go. Uh, so I think at bare minimum here, they should give me some, uh, I'll have the have half their show produced for them. Well, we know South Dakota is the Mount Rushmore state, so we should do the Mount Rushmore of the best electronic scoreboard stuff. Ooh, ooh, that would be, oh, that's good. Uh, mm, college stadiums strictly, right? Well, yeah, I mean, that's given. Yeah, uh, uh. I don't know. 
have That's any good. answers. I don't know. Just South Dakota State, number one. Right. right. No, that's that's good. That's a good one. Um, so I, I don't know. I I would when so I do have game day experience because I did go to the show when it was in Fargo. I believe it was twenty fourteen. Was I think twice I've been to Nebraska games in Lincoln when they've had game day. I don't think we went for game day specifically, but I do remember there being one time that it was like an 11 a.m. game and walking around like to the stadium from where we parked. Mm-hmm. And my dad pointed out to me and it was like, oh yeah, like right over there, we can see them now. We were like from behind and at a poor angle and to go actually hear what they were saying, we had to, you know, it would have been difficult to get where we would be able to hear anything because, you know, it was... You know, for an 11, because this was back when, the, you know, they didn't have all the games at 6 o'clock at sure. night. It was the game day. So, yep. I mean, you can imagine, you know, 80,000 people, if they weren't all necessarily at game day itself, they were, like, walking into the stadium. So yep. it would have been very difficult to get where we could hear it. But so right. you have more experience than I have, but I have been with it, you know. I just I don't know, 50 100 yards of game day before. I just remember getting in line at about 1:30 or 2 a.m. and there were already so many people lined up, so many students. Because uh, I wanted to try and get in the front, you know, in the mosh pit area, so to speak, like right there. By him. and I did get in, but it was it was tight quarters. I do have the college game day helmet uh, still. Um, so I I would the most important question I can ask. The yeah. One you went to, how close were you to the Washington State flag? Oh, not not close. I don't even remember where it was at. I don't remember where Old Crimson was was uh, was flying that day. Because um, it was it was in downtown Fargo. If you've ever been to Fargo, I forget. If you've been I've to been Fargo, there a couple times. Yeah. It's been since. Gosh, I went to a South Dakota State North Dakota State game in Fargo my sophomore year, which is about to show how old I am, which was the fall of 2005. Okay. Actually, I shouldn't say my sophomore year. I should say my second year at South Dakota State. <laughs> But so you, I'm pretty sure I was still a freshman, credits wise. So you you probably didn't go downtown on Broadway then. I don't think so, but okay. I don't remember. We stayed at a girl's house who lived in Fargo and just walked in the game. I don't remember how far it was. Yeah, no, far, it wasn't a short walk, but it wasn't you know like miles and miles either. You wouldn't have been able to. Well, you you could have. It probably wouldn't have been the funnest walk though. But downtown is a, a fairly significant ways away from the Fargo Dome. There, uh, that's where they had game day twice. Uh, so I went there the one. I mean, it was it was great. Um, I mean, I I just think the whole scene is going to be chaotic there. I don't want there to be a lot of Bison fans there. I'm going to be curious to see how many. I think there are going to be more Bison fans showing up to the game than to game day. And the reason I say that is because you might have people from Fargo just coming down Saturday morning. Uh, and wouldn't necessarily be camped out in tail. Like I think the people, the 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 Bison fans that that are there, they're going to be the ones that are ready to tailgate. And I don't think all Bison fans are would tailgate. You know what I mean? So I think the college game day crowd is going to be a seventy thirty split for SDSU. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. I think there may be even more SDSU fans than that, just because I don't know. They've been to Fargo what twice? Twice. Yep. Twice and certainly not that everybody who has gone to those two is gonna, you know, necessarily go to the game. But 
I would imagine there's at least some North Dakota State fans that would think, like, well, yeah, I mean, we've done this already. We don't need to go to game day again. Right. Uh, like you said, we'd just be like, yeah, I mean, we're going to game, but we're not going to go see game day. And I, I certainly hope, because SDSU fans have been asking for game day to come for like for a couple of years now, and given all the excitement, I certainly hope that the scene is every bit as awesome as, it, as I'm imagining it can be. I hope it's not a disappointment. I hope college game day doesn't come to Brookings and be like, oh, why are we here? Where are the crowds? I hope people... I think it's going to be quite. I hope it's quite chaotic, and that there are, you know, thousands of people there. Uh, well, I mean, if it's sold out, I would imagine it will be full. And I feel like I feel confident there's going to be a lot of people there. It just depends on the game. It just depends on what percentage of them are. North Dakota State fans. Yeah, and like I say, I think there are going to be more North, North Dakota State fans at the game than at game day. But uh, but we'll see. It's going to be fascinating. I mean, this is totally hijacked. Everything you know, we were going to you know talk about. And the other thing too is, I mean, if if you're not going to get a great South Dakota State crowd in late October for this game, then you're not ever going to get it. Both teams are ranked in the top. Oh three, sure, and it's a rivalry game, and you're playing the defending national champions. And I think you know, if fourteen years in a row, I get they haven't really won right. fourteen. It feels like it, so. <laughs> Yeah. I think too, you know, that the with the game being sold out, I think ticket sales have surged since the the announcement of game day because people are like, Oh my gosh, we need to get there for this. Like this is huge. This is a momentous occasion. I don't also I saw somewhere I think there's the two top scoring offenses in FCS football. Oh, so it, I mean it probably wouldn't it, it, if you wanted to like come up with, well, what would be a fun game to watch? Like, oh, a high scoring shootout between two teams ranked in the top five. This is that's e- probably what I'd sign up for. This is easily the biggest game of the on the at the FCS level all year, with without question. Yeah. Until we get to the playoffs and the national championship game, but unless these two teams meet or unless James Madison is involved, this is it. Like, this is the de facto national championship game, and SDSU's defense is great this year. Uh, Jabori Gibbs it, it has played like a freshman at times, and that does scare me against that Bison defense. But the Bison also have a freshman quarterback in Trey Lance, uh, and I don't. He hasn't been as impressive to me as Jabori Gibbs has, even though Gibbs has played a few, a couple less games because of injury. But I think SDSU has a better overall team to win in Brookings this year and get the Dakota marker back than the Bison do. But, it, again, it's just There's the... There's a lot of things to like about South Dakota State. I mean, you mentioned Gibbs. You know, even though he's a freshman at times, he's looks pretty good. I think he's, you know, only going to improve and get better. He's going to be Pierre better than Strong Taron Christian. He's plenty good. Yes. I mean, Pierre, Pierre Strong is better than a lot of, you know, FBS Power 5 running backs. I mean, I'm not saying he's like one of the 10 best all of Division 1 running backs. But uh, that's what I heard. I'm going to take it from uh, – take that's what you said. <laughs> he's plenty good, and uh, I'm blanking on his first name. I was Pierre. going to say Johnson. Oh. It's not the receiver. Oh, Cade. Cade Johnson. Johnson. Because I know he's the son of former Nebraska receiver Cluster Johnson, so I always think of Cluster Johnson. Oh, yep. And forget what his his first name is. And you have the Yankee brothers or Yankee brothers. I mean, they're very good. But they've got got dudes. And I think I'm going to say this is a point I, you know, talked to from a former roommate of mine in college who was more involved with South Dakota State football than I was, but made an interesting point. I thought where you just basically said, you know, like it used to be 
you know, South Dakota State would kind of like want to do well and stuff, and they're just at the point now where they just they just expect to do well. That doesn't mean they're going to win on Saturday necessarily, but you know, it's not like oh man, this is big. Hopefully, we're ready for it. They're just like, yeah, we're we're, we're going to play. We're yep. we're fine. We're good. Yep. And, you know, they should have probably beat the Gophers in week one there. They definitely should have beat the Gophers. If if Gibbs doesn't fumble that handoff there, I think that they win. And obviously that's kind of – we can talk Gophers in a a second. But, uh, I mean – Honestly, that was the only game. They have played so well. The The game against Youngstown State was difficult, but that's on the road, and they scored 35 points in the second half, and that was it. They, they Youngstown were. State's not, I mean, I'm not saying they're one of the four best teams in the country, but it's not like the Penguins are a big slouch in this area. No, and, and Youngstown State is a difficult place to play, I think, for SDSU or for most schools, given how far it is away. Um. And the fact that it's Youngstown, yeah, it's Ohio. A trip from Eastern South Dakota to Ohio. Yeah. Uh, so I think that factors in. But on, honestly, I do. I do think SDSU wins on Saturday. Uh, I, I just look at. I hope they win. I do you too. Are one of the few people I know who hate North Dakota State as much, if not more so than I. <laughs> yeah. Good reason, since you lived in part. I definitely understand. Yeah. It, and they're so nauseating these fans, and that's why I hope you know that SDSU fans really come out in in droves uh, for college game day, especially, and just show like, hey, you know, this is what South Dakota State and this is what Brookings is all about. I suppose SDSU can thank uh, Illinois and send them, you know, maybe a bouquet from Edible Arrangements or something or yeah, Pro Flowers. Wisconsin. I mean, because. Yeah, if he was undefeated Wisconsin and undefeated Ohio State, it'd be pretty tough to turn that down. I, and I don't think they would. I think they would totally. They, they would, would even though it would have been an 11 o'clock game, even though it would have been on Fox, it wouldn't have been on ESPN. Absolutely, game day has to go to that because that's a battle of top five Big Ten teams. But uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, I we had arguably what was the biggest upset of the college football season in South Carolina on their third string quarterback beating a Georgia team, a top three Georgia team. Like that was the upset of the year. And then Illinois says, "Here, hold my beer," because what Lovey Smith and company did to a Wisconsin team that had given up 29 points all year long is and then to win 24-23 you got the Michigan uh, quarterback transfer uh, Peters who played really good but for them to to be able to beat Wisconsin that way and force those couple of turnovers the Jonathan Taylor fumble I doubt you'll see another fumble from him all year long the interception on third and five that was just a like a, what what is going on with Wisconsin here honestly Illinois with the with the biggest upset of the college football season it's the second biggest upset in Big Ten history given the spread uh, only Northwestern being the 32 point underdog to Minnesota. Uh, back in 1982, uh, can uh, it tops this one, but the reason why game day is coming to uh, Brookings is because of Illinois pulling off the biggest upset of the college football season so far. I agree. I think that is 90 percent of the reason, and I think even after that, there were probably still a lot of people saying, "You know what? Well, we should go to the Ohio State Wisconsin game anyways." Yep. Yep. 
Also, South Dakota State game day, North Dakota State. Prediction time for me. I got good news and bad news. Which do you want to hear first? Uh, give me the bad news. All right, the way this is going to go, actually, I have to do it the other way. And give you the good news. Oh, okay. Well, all right. <laughs> the good news, I think South Dakota State wins by 7 to 10 points Saturday. Good, good. You ready for the bad news? I am. The bad news is I think they'll drop a game somewhere else and they'll have to play at Fargo in the playoffs <sighs> and lose to North Dakota State in the playoffs. Yeah, well. That's my good news, bad news. And I can tell by the way you said it that it's one of those like, yeah, I can 100% see it working out that way. You know, the good news with with how the schedule lays out for the Jacks is that after this game against NDSU, they get to play Missouri State. Uh, now, granted, Missouri State. I don't know if you if you saw this score on Saturday, but they only lost twenty two to nothing to NDSU in Fargo. Like that's awfully impressive that Missouri State hung around that long. It was fifteen nothing headed into the fourth quarter. So Missouri Missouri State awfully surprising there, but they're one in five. It, it took them three overtimes to beat a winless Western Illinois team. Which, why can't the Jackrabbits play Western Illinois this year? How come they have to play Illinois State and all this stuff? So, I mean, that that sucks. But with that being said, they do get Missouri State the week after North Dakota State. That's going to help. And then they have back-to-back home games against Illinois State and Northern Iowa. Both... Illinois State and Northern Iowa are good teams. They've been able to trip SDSU up in the past. Northern Iowa, especially playing in Brookings. But because those games are at home and because there's a cushion in between the Bison game and those two home games, they get that Missouri State trip in there, I think they'll be okay. But those two home games are the ones you're going to have to watch out for because they're going to beat USD on the road to end the season. They just are. I feel good. I think they'll beat USD. I think that game might be sort of close because sometimes, you know, USD plays at 160% efficiency against South Dakota yep. State. Crazy things happen. What if I told you I'm, I'm going I'm to play this out a little bit further? I think I think they beat North Dakota State. I think they beat North Dakota State, let's say, let's say 35-30, something like that. I know I said 7-10 earlier, but now I'm going with a specific score sure. of 35-30. They turn you highest of highs highest they've ever been they turn around the next week and lose to Missouri State that would be awful in a hangover oh they beat Illinois State the next week and then they lose at home to UNI oh Oh, that would be bad finishes the best 9-2 team in the country I don't know where that would put them compared to you know how other teams do ranking wise they would still probably have the best win in the country beating North Dakota State and pretty good resume, but they would have the two losses. I don't know where that would see them, but unfortunately, we're probably going to have to play in Fargo. Here's the th- they would lose in the uh, uh, semifinals or the quarterfinals. Here's the thing for the Bison. If they lose, or when they lose on, on Saturday, their next game is at Youngstown State. That is not an easy turnaround. No, that's for a tough the- bang-bang game. So that's, a, that's a nasty and again, it's not like Youngstown State's great, uh, but they arguably should have beat the Bison a couple years ago if Bo Pelini didn't have an epic meltdown and get like 75 penalty yards in the final drive. Or... Yeah, he's wont to do that at times. So I'm not 
it, not that the Bison couldn't recover from a, a, a loss. And I think I think they are more prone to lose at Youngstown State if SDSU beats them versus if NDSU goes down and beats SDSU. I would I I would force I think there's a better chance that they lose at Youngstown State if they lose to SDSU than than if they win. Okay, fair. I think that's reasonable. Just because I, I wonder what that you know the, the the energy level the hangover effect would be from that loss because now you're looking at like okay now we got to catch SDSU and then you know maybe Youngstown State just catches them on a on off day. Just I I don't know. But so I don't know if this is going to matter or not. This will probably be the most jacked up away crowd North Dakota State's ever seen. Like I get that they have played, you know, yes. FCS and Power Five teams, but as you and I both know, I think basically every, especially the Power Five teams, just show up and expect to win. Especially, I mean, or maybe not the teams, but certainly the fan bases do. Yep. And then it's not until they're like, oh, my God, we're down by 10 points in the fourth quarter. And then they start getting wild. But, you know, by then, I don't know if it matters as much. But in terms of, you know, the pregame and the first five minutes, and, and I don't want to overstate it. So, like, that's super important. And if your crowd's not loud, you're going to lose or anything. But in terms of, you know, big games away for, for North Dakota State, this this one will be one where I'm, I'm not saying it's going to psych them out or anything. No. But it will not be, you know, them walking out in front of, you know, 6,000 people who are kind of like, yeah, let's let's play sports and have fun, guys. <laughs> you know, it'll, be, it'll be more intense than that. Now, I, like I say, I do believe that there will be a substantial amount of it Bison fans there. I'm going to guess anywhere from seven to 8,000, maybe upwards of 10,000. Like the, I, I hope that the, the crowd at the game is not a 50-50 split. I would hope it's at. Yeah, that'd be awful. I, I, I don't. I don't think it will be. I think it's going to be minimum. I think it's going to be like sixty-five, thirty-five. But maybe SD, because of the college game day uh, situation now, maybe it's pushed some of those ticket sales more into the seventy-five, twenty-five range, or maybe even God, eighty, I twenty. So. I was thinking like sixty-four. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm hoping that the, the the surge in ticket sales is now be is due entirely to SDSU fans um, scooping up those tickets because game day is going to be there, and I would hope then that the team doesn't press. And that's that's my main concern is that SDSU comes out so hyped, so jacked uh, that they. They commit a few turnovers, a few penalties early on, and just dig themselves a hole. I hope that's not the case, but uh, we will see. Uh, so, so you're saying you want them to win the coin toss, play defense first? Yes. Get a three and out. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, so, like I say, status as of the recording of this podcast for me going to game day, I'll still up in the air, uh, but. We'll see. The more I talk about it, the more I, I want to go. I've already ordered a shirt and a sweatshirt. I shouldn't have done it. It's not like I... I feel like we should email Jason Hope and see if he can get us tickets to the game. Yeah. Oh, or backstage passes. Or to, backstage passes. To, yeah, to, to, like to, to meet... Uh, Sideline passes? Yeah. Well, I just I, I just want to meet Kirk Herbstreet. Uh, that's, that's really what I want. Uh, by the way, celebrity guest picker. I think it's going to be Adam Timmerman. Uh... Former SDSU offensive lineman, I believe two-time Super Bowl winner with the Packers and the Rams. 
People are saying, you know, they're throwing Brock Lesnar out there. Uh, Dallas Goddard and Adam Vinatieri can't make it because they're currently playing in the NFL. Uh, Chad Greenway's getting a lot of mention, even though he's just more from South Dakota and not, uh, you know, no real ties to SDSU, though I guess in talking with Marcus earlier on Monday, he said that uh, Greenway actually likes Stig, and Stig was the one who had uh, told Greenway to go to Iowa. So, you know, for whatever that's worth, who do you think is going to be the celebrity guest picker? I think it's either going to be Chad Greenway or Brock Lesnar. I think if they can get Brock Lesnar, they're going to have it be Brock Lesnar. If they can't get him, I think it'll be Chad Greenway. That's my guess. I I would just I really wish they would get someone with South Dakota State ties. But I get. Right. I'm, I'm, I understand what you're saying. I'm gonna I'm gonna posit this to you though. Yep. Nebraska hadn't hosted game day since 2007 when they hosted it this year, and back then I don't think they had celebrity pickers. It was just regular college yep. game day. I think the celebrity pickers started a year or two after that. Yes. Yeah. So Nebraska this year was the first time that they actually had a chance to bring in celebrities. They brought in. Uh, Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade. Who's from Omaha and was, you know, and has been in Bad Boys 2 and the Bring It On movies. Did you know? Dwayne Wade, who has no connection at all except that he's married to a girl who's from Omaha. Did you know that Gabrielle Union was a big Cornhuskers fan? I did. I I don't know a great deal about it other than that. I I don't remember where I'd seen it. That. There was some spring game, I don't know, two or three years ago that both her and Dwayne Wade were at. Okay. I just remember, and, and that was the first time I found out. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. But neither of them have ties specifically to Nebraska, and so that's why I think if they get a chance to do Brock Lesnar, who, you know, from South Dakota, a professional heavyweight champion, which we can debate how impressive that is, but also a UFC heavyweight champion where you're like, oh, yeah, that's pretty impressive. I, the only – yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Or, or just that, that that is something that would get name recognition outside of just people from South Dakota, yeah. that people who don't know anything about South Dakota State, who, you know, if, well, let's just hypothetically say it, they didn't see, because you know, they, they announced who it's going to be on Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever, right? Uh, like I'm, I'm not Thursday. sure. Yeah. But, but it's obviously, it's not a surprise on Saturday. But there will be people who don't know. And for right. people who don't know and don't follow that stuff closely, if they see that it's Brock Lesnar, they will say, oh, I'm more likely to know who that is. But and I know you said that when they did it at North Dakota State, they brought a former North Dakota State player. Yep, Phil Hansen was... speculating here. My guess is that that was not one of their first four or five choices. They just couldn't get some of the other people that maybe they wanted to get. Possibly not. Um, it was Phil yeah, Phil Hansen. Brock Lesnar maybe possibly has zero interest. It would be like, no, I refuse to do this. And plus, he'd be all hyped up on drugs. He'd kill Lee Corso. That would not be good. What if Lee Corso put a bison head? I. You know what? I'm just going to say that could kill everybody that's ever been on yeah. the college game day set. I. I'm just going to say this right now. I think that. 
you know, he's already donned the buys and stuff. When is Lee Corso ever going to be able to put on a Jackrabbit head again? Never is the keyword because there's no other Jackrabbit Probably school not. out there. I don't there. think we're going to go back to Brookings anytime. Even if it goes great, I don't think we'll go back there anytime soon. You so, never know. Yeah. yeah. It, you never know. It, it, it could happen. Think, but, let's put it this way. I think the odds are good that he'd take the Jackrabbit. Uh, head. Now yeah. I'm not. When I say good, I'm not necessarily saying about fifty percent. But it's but it's not like when Nebraska played Ohio State. It's just like, well, yeah, of course you're going to pick Ohio State. Strictly business. So. Yeah. So, but but again, you know, if they're not coming the game or to back to Brookings ever again, all the more reason uh, for us to go check out the show at the you know bare minimum. Here, who knows? Who, who knows? I, I, like I say, I'm still, I'm still up in the air on it. The one thing, though, I will say with the celebrity guest picker is that I mentioned Phil Hansen did it one year. I know he lives in Faro. He's like the the Bison radio analyst for their games and stuff. So it made sense, I guess, more like that local connection. They brought in Brock Jensen, I believe, to the other year. He, you know, he was the the Bison quarterback for a while. So it's not like the the Bison. It's not like College Game Day brought in any name recognizable names for NDSU either. Uh, and then even what Laura Laura Spencer or something from Good Morning America is a Penn State yeah, she's grad. A Penn State graduate. She was like a swimmer or a volleyball player. But it, did anyone know that? And if you don't watch Good Morning America, and I don't, I just I happen to. I don't rec- watch Good Morning America, but I bet there are other people that do. Right. I mean, if you want to be conspiracy theorist, you know Disney, the Disney. Owns ABC, and yep. ESPN, and that's someone where it's real easy for them to do that with. So I, I, the other thing too, this is the other thing that I think people forget about at times. It's not like this is the first time Penn State's hosted it in the last five to ten years. Right. I, I don't think they tried to get the same people over and over again. Right. So, yep. Like nope. I would imagine, you know, at Penn State or Ohio State or Alabama, they're like, yeah, we need somebody new this time. Right. But that's why I guess I'm saying is that I don't think you necessarily need the the recognizable name. I think it's sometimes better to have someone with ties to the university, uh, which is why well, I would I say Tim. The most important thing is that they whoever they pick picks the home team at the end. You yes. don't want the Iowa State thing where it's the hungover country singer who doesn't know anything about either of the two teams. Right. And they're in Ames, Iowa at Iowa State. And he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to pick Iowa. <laughs> like, well, your one job was to pick Iowa State, so you sucked at everything. You had one job. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll see. I, I'm very much looking forward to this. So this is a historic occasion. I think it's going to be easily be the biggest sports day or like day in the history of South Dakota sports wise. Maybe in the history of the state. Well, I don't know about that. What I think if, if they win, then I think we can say it's the biggest day. But I mean, let's not forget that they, you know, had days where both the men and the women yep. scored upset wins to earn NCAA tournament berths in basketball. The, yep. The exposure though that. College game day gives to them over Summit League championships is insurmountable. As far as I'm, it's more, but I mean, it's not like it's not like twenty million people watch college game right. day. Right, I mean, it's like one and a half to two million. I I'm very I mean, surprised. I, don't want to I sound like I'm downplaying. Like I think it's it's a big deal that they're going there. But right. I think it would be it, it, it'll, it'll be a much bigger deal if they win and if it's like oh hey guess what they lost thirty one to sixteen. I am very surprised that um, that 
game day doesn't get more viewers than than that. I think they probably used to with the other thing. It's just that there's so many more options. I mean, it used to be that the only place you could get, you know, college football pregame shows that were on par with, you know, the CBS or Fox shows on Sunday morning for the NFL. The college game day was the only option. But now with the rise of the internet and all the other channels, and you know, Fox has one and the Big Ten Network has one and the SEC Network has one that. You know, you're just you're splitting the the pies being split into more pieces instead of a large pizza all to yourself. You know, it's a large pizza that's been sliced into six pieces. Yep, they, it's, it, it's, it's it's the biggest slice, but there's there's still other slices there. They're saying because uh, I saw this from the ESPN PR, and I saw College Game Day tweet it. College Game Day's viewership experiencing its best start since 2015, averaging 1,902,000 viewers per episode. And then they say more than 23.6 million fans have watched this season. I, that doesn't make any sense. The, the math doesn't add up there. I just can't believe 1.9 million people. That, that, that just seems so low to me. Given how popular this is, I, I would have thought it would have been way more. It's also worth noting that I think only like diehard college football fans watch college games. If you're a casual football fan, you watch the games, but you're not going to care about watching pregame stuff. True. I mean, just like if you're a, you know, a Star Wars fan or a Game of Thrones fan, and you're not a diehard one, you're like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go see Star Wars the opening weekend, but you know, maybe when it comes out on video, I'll see it. I will say this: I would much rather watch. I would wa- much rather watch College Game Day than I would the actual games. That's just me. I know I'm in the minority in that, but I, I, I tune in on Saturdays to watch Game Day specifically, and then I'll watch the games periodically throughout the day. I will say I've watched more college football this season than I have in you know a long time. Uh, some of that is due to the Gophers, who are seven and zero. Uh, and what a cool story uh, Casey O'Brien is. Um, you know, he's the holder, the, the other yes. holder on the kicks that had cancer. Yep, yep, four-time like, cancer survivor. Yeah, yeah, that was a nice. Story. Uh, they're seven and They lead the Big Ten West now because Illinois upset Wisconsin. I, th- I mean, they're going to beat Maryland, and then it sets up a massive showdown in two weeks with Penn State. And game day could be coming to Minnesota. Now, I know Alabama LSU play that day, so there's that's going to be a little... It's pretty, it's pretty tough to beat out that game. It, it, did you know CBS only has that has that game at 2.30? They are not yeah, doing it at night. One night game a year. That's the night game. They yeah. picked uh, Notre Dame and Georgia. Ah, why, why would they put that in? Surely you can make an exception and be like, yeah, we need to put this game in prime time. That seems stupid that they would only give one slot. Well, I don't think that's the uh, the football people at CBS. I think that's the people seven floors above them that don't care about sports and just want content. <laughs> well, it, it, I, I agree that it's it's odd that that game will be in the Well, coming up here on Saturday night, November 9th, we have 48 Hours Mystery. Or we could have LSU-Alabama in the game of the century. I mean, like, I just, just trying to figure out who, like what would get more viewers. 48 hours mystery. As long as they can show commercials for 60 minutes, those executives. Well, that, that, that's very true. Uh, yeah, that's very true. 
But Minnesota's doing good. I think so. I think game day does have a decent chance if both Minnesota and Penn State are undefeated. I mean, it's worth noting also. I mean, I guess, or wait, is that two weeks? Never mind. I forgot that. Both Alabama and LSU have a bye before they play each other. And and so. they could both lose, but they, they take their buys the week before they play each and, other. And so do Minnesota and Penn State. They have a bye before playing each other. So they play this week. Penn State's at Michigan State. Uh, Minnesota is home to Maryland. And then then they wait till November 9th. It's, uh, it's going to be good. Uh, but with that being said, the, the other big news, Tua Spray, uh, high, uh, you know, very Badly sprained ankle. He had yeah, surgery on it, sprain, which is much worse than a regular. I've never had a high ankle sprain. I've had numerous regular ankle sprains. Those aren't fun, and I know that high ankle sprains are significantly worse. It's bad enough where he had to have surgery on Sunday. He's going to miss the game against Arkansas, though that could also be considered a bye week because Arkansas is terrible. By the way, that pass the punter threw for Arkansas on Saturday against Auburn. Did you see this? I did. It did not go well at all. It was. He was so. I think I had to watch it three times before I understood what happened because maybe this is just me. The way the punter, you know, punters frequently aren't that big. Yep. And the way he basically like basketball passed it, like a chess pass, like a little yep. kid. It essentially looked like a sixth grade kid trying to play like with the seniors on the football team, or it's just like, what's this little kid doing out here trying to throw it like that? Yeah, I. It, it was so bad. It was so bad. Now, so, it's worth noting that if the guy wouldn't have picked it off, he basically, I mean, Auburn only gained like nine yards by picking it off. They didn't gain that much in field position. No. But in terms of the optics, it was a very unsuccessful trick play. So, with with that being said, Alabama then gets the bye week. So, they're going to have less, just under three weeks, like 20 days. Uh, yeah, I mean, you never want your quarterback to get hurt, but if there was a time for Tua to get hurt, it would probably be about right now where it's, I don't know why, I, why I don't want to, as the son of a doctor who at times gets upset when announcers on TV try to speculate yeah. on stuff like this when they don't know, I don't want to speculate. I'm not saying he can be back, but if there's a chance he can get back, you would you like that your next games are Arkansas in a week off. You mean you mean your dad isn't going on ESPN shows after Teddy Bridgewater tears his knee and says, oh, Teddy Bridgewater's never going to play again? Uh, that's not your dad? He did, but if they fired him, you know, layoffs at ESPN. Oh, that, ah, very good. That's why Stefania Bell's got more time there. That makes sense. Um, all right, very good. So, now, Tua had the high ankle sprain last year in the SEC championship game but there was and he didn't play he didn't play until the national championship if memory serves me correct well yeah because that's the only game there wasn't a game in between those two no uh, no there, there would have been the semifinal did he play in the semifinal oh, against right. Oklahoma this is just random full circle story time from Charlie. Oh, okay. I actually, I, I moved up to Aberdeen the day up the semifinal. Oh, yeah. The only day where I could get, you know, multiple stuff with my parents and movers and everything. Sure. So it ended up being that day. And I know that Alabama beat Oklahoma, and I know that Clemson beat Notre Dame, but I didn't see either of them and basically forgot everything that happened or occurred in either of those two. 
other than the fact that I know that those two teams both won. So, I mean, obviously the length of time between the SEC championship game and the national championship game was longer than that. Yeah, but what do I have now? It, by a, I think by about a week. It'll be... Um, so, do we think Tua is going to be able to come back 20 days you know, after surgery? And will he be his normal, effective self? My guess is that he will come back, he'll play, he won't be 100% healthy. He will not scramble as much and will try to be more of a pocket passer and hope that he does not... Uh, aggravated any worse now one thing i can tell you from experience is that if you have a sprained ankle um there's times where it starts getting better but you're more likely to get it injured again for i don't know four or six months after you get it because it's just even when it's like back to where you can move around and stuff and it's fine and feels fine it's still not all the way back so a lot of times you get an ankle sprain you don't even really sprain it you just kind of tweak it it's a little bit off and then it's you know a week or three weeks later you do something that's really bad then so that's the big risk you run with that is that that's what happens that they bring him back he's generally okay and fine but you know it just something happens it gets tweaked at the bottom of a pile or he makes a weird move and then all of a sudden you're back at square one you know it's almost kind of it's not as bad but it's kind of like a hamstring pulling that way but you know, it can be getting better and you're good, and then just one little thing goes wrong, and all of a sudden you're just way back at the beginning again. And for his sake, hopefully that doesn't happen. I really hope LSU beats Alabama this year, but uh, it's death taxes. This year, they may, then they're not going to win again until Nick Saban retires. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, so, I mean, that would be great, though, to see Alabama lose and be out of the New Year's Six. It is weird how much things have changed that we're going to watch an LSU-Alabama game and going, now. I don't know how the game's going to play out. But going into it, it's just going to be like, man, look how much these offenses can score. And that's yeah. so different. Yes. And even just like three years ago. Yeah, when it was like 9-6 to six or 9 nothing, you know, a bad and game. after that 9-6 to six game, you know, Alabama's won everyone since then. But yep. not all of them, but most of them have been like, oh, yeah, they won 20-4. to four. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, well, they won 13 to nothing. Yep. I mean, there was some game they won, I think, 10 to nothing. It was an LSU game at night. Yeah. I don't know, this was three or four years ago. And, you know, Alabama was up three to nothing, I think, at halftime. And I just remember watching it and thinking, I was at work, but we had a TV on, so I could watch it. It was just like the old, the old or no, it was 0 0 at halftime. And I just remember telling them, guys at work, the only way LSU wins this game is if it goes to overtime tied at zero <laughs> and they make a field goal and Alabama misses it. And then Alabama, I don't know if they got a field goal or a touchdown, but once they scored, it was just like, yeah, there's – it was it was when they had that Purdue transfer at quarterback. Etling, Danny Etling. Danny Etling. Yep. Yeah. And, and it was just like, you know, Alabama doesn't look great on offense, but they're at least moving the ball and getting first downs, and LSU just can't do it. Against that defense. Is SMU now the team to beat in the non-Power Five? I think they might be. You remember a couple weeks ago we talked about yep. this the story would be if LSU or if uh, SMU, yep. you know, ends up being the team after getting the death penalty so long ago. Yep. I think I think they are. You know, yep. with Boise State losing that. And Central Florida's got two losses. I think 
I think it's actually, I mean, I, I, obviously it could be somebody else, but I think they are in the driver's seat right now. Now let, let's play an early game of when will they here, and you take a look at SMU's schedule. They are at Houston, at Memphis. That's the big one. Home to East Carolina, at Navy, and home to Tulane. So the schedule isn't necessarily... They would probably have to play a team from the American East in the conference yeah, I mean, so it's not a difficult schedule, but it's not necessarily easy, easy either. They would most likely play either Temple or Cincinnati. They just beat Temple. So likely it would be Cincinnati at this point, unless maybe UCF gets them. Uh, which, which, you know, if UCF just has to beat Temple... And Cincinnati, no, they already lost to Cincinnati. So they need Cincinnati to trip up somewhere along the line. So a lot still to be so determined. Be, you want me to tell you which game is going to be their first loss of the season? Yes, please do. It's going to be Penn State and the Cotton Bowl. Ah, very good. Very good. Uh, let's see. Anything else that is uh, of note before we get into the games here? What else do you have? Any thoughts? Uh, the biggest thing was just that I had this, you know, I had Saturday off and I was able to just watch games on TV. Hallelujah, right? That was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I at no point in time ever thought I would remotely care about the Wisconsin-Illinois game because I think Wisconsin was up like 14 nothing or something like that. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple times it was sort of close and I was just like, they're not going to do anything. Of course, Wisconsin's going to win. I think I turned it back. Like right after Illinois had the touchdown to cut it to two, whatever, yep. or yeah, to two, and then I saw Wisconsin, you know, on third down throws the pick. I was like, oh man, and I, I, hand to God, I never thought Illinois was going to win until that field goal went. Right. The whole time I expected them to do something to screw it up. Yep. But was very, very pleased that it played out the way it did. In the picks currently right now. Uh, Marcus is leading by uh, by three games on you, and I am three back of you, so he's got a six-game lead on me. And I will say this right now. I can't pick an ACC team to save my life. Uh, I'm three. And- one of my favorite things when we play that is there's always one conference for each person that just early in the season, some team gets upset, and you're like, oh, my God, how did I lose with this team? And then, you know, a month and a half later, you're like, what, I've only picked two. Well, we picked two right in the Big 12 this year. Well, I, that one for me is Georgia from a couple weeks back. I took them against South Carolina. But in in the ACC picks right now, I'm 3-5. and five. I've, It's not great, Bob. It is not. My wins have, been, have come from Louisville, North Carolina State, and Pittsburgh. I've lost with Florida State. That was week one when they lost to Boise State. Georgia Tech when they lost to the Citadel. Duke, I don't even remember who they lost to. Uh, I think it was Pitt, maybe? Yeah, I think it was Pitt. Wake Forest, they lost to Louisville. And then Miami just lost to Georgia Tech. Now, thank goodness I still have Clemson and Virginia and Virginia Tech left. But um, Miami, they are an abomination to the ACC right now. They are... They're not good. They, well, I, they, they, well, this is the thing, though, is it's weird. It's like they should win these games. It's, I mean, a lot of them, it's not like, you know, they're not showing up and getting blown out. It's right. like they're playing okay, but it's just like blow it. Play. Yeah, you know, Virginia. see the Virginia Tech and the Georgia Tech games. 
uh, as a prime oh, example. Speaking of the conference picks game, yeah, I had to pick Kansas this week, and oh my god, it all I was so I was so disappointed that Kansas. We went in the last I, 40 seconds. It was like, you know, for me to have to... All-time way to be like, I had to pick Kansas this week, and it worked when they beat Texas. For me to have to sweat that one out is just ridiculous. You should have taken Oregon State this week instead of Cal. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, we were picking Kansas. May as well go with Oregon State. Yeah, that was, that was a crazy game. Texas is bad. Te- they are not a good team right now. I, they're, they're, well, this is, I mean, Texas is just a true Big 12 team now. Their offense is great, but their defense is terrible. Yes, yes. And you know what? When you're playing, you know, other there are other Big 12 teams, that's problematic. I don't know if uh, Texas is going to be the other Big 12 representative in the Big 12 title game next to Oklahoma or not. Iowa State might are, get in there. I don't think they're going to be able to stop them. No. Anyway, I, no. Iowa State... And now, I mean, you know, both Iowa State and Baylor, I wouldn't be shocked if it was one of those two. Right. And I, I think we both picked Texas to make the college football playoff because no one saw Jalen Hurts doing what he's doing at Oklahoma this year. I think we all thought, like, you know, we should have known. We should have had more of an inkling, though, when you think about it, with what he did with both Mayfield and Murray. Well, well whoever their starting quarterback is next year, provided <laughs> that Lincoln. Next year is going to have the most. The yeah. most money bet on him to win the Heisman Trophy and someone he's never played. Yep, as long as Lincoln Riley's at Oklahoma, I'm just going to pick him for the playoff now here going forward, and the, whoever their quarterback is, he'll, he'll win the Heisman. Percentage-wise, what's the chance he's the next head coach for the Dallas Cowboys? <sighs> and by next, I mean like next year. So you have to yeah. take into account yep. if Jason Garrett can do well enough to keep his job to The multi-layered question. I think... I will give Lincoln Riley a 20% chance at being the Cowboys coach. In 2020? Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, and that might be a little I might, low. I might, go, I might go 40. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's how you want to look at it. Because um, I think you could say 20% is high if, you know, if Jason Garrett does continue to do well for the, for the Cowboys this year, if he leads them, you know, out of this, you know, the, that – three-game losing streak that they had, and if they don't stumble very much here down the stretch. I mean, they've annihilated all their NFC East opponents so far this year. But one quick thing you know, on that. Urban no. Meyer wants the Cowboys' job. Shut up, Urban. Go away. Go away, Urban Meyer. There's more to it than this, and it's not this cut and dry. The NFL, even more so, is you're just – since you can't, you know, recruit top five classes in the NFL, yep. you're just very dependent on the roster and the GM you've got and how well you can draft. With all that said, though, with what Lincoln Riley has done with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray and now Jalen Hurts, what would he be able to do with Dak Prescott? Yeah, it would be. Who has more raw talent than any of those other three guys? It would be sick. So, and, and how Jerry Jones hasn't paid Dak Prescott yet is beyond me. He's better than Carson Wentz. Sorry. Well, he hasn't done it because whatever, because all he has to do is wait a week or two and Prescott will have a bad game, and then he's just like, oh, well, I guess I don't have to pay as much money. Right. right. And it's just going to go all season long with that. He's going to have a good game, and it's going to say, pay me now, and he's going to say, no, let's wait a couple of weeks. And then when he has a bad game, Jerry can say, well, okay, let's start talking about your contract. And then you say, no, I, I want to wait a little bit. And then Jerry's going to go until the offseason. And then Jerry's going to be like, hey, is Paxton Lynch available? Is Jalen Hurts available? Oh, yeah, that's 
That's very true as well. You know, you think about it. You had Tua and uh, Justin Herbert from Oregon as the two lead dogs in next year's quarterback class in the draft. And Joe Burrows is like, okay, you know, I'm here too. And Jalen Hurts has played his way into it too. Uh, those four quarterbacks, my God, it's going to be fantastic. Fun to watch. Um, all right, we'll do a we'll do a brief uh, little um, a game of uh, of bull bound or not this week. Uh, obviously, we've been sidetracked with this all this college game day. Uh, excitement. So, if there was ever a time for us to go on a tangent about college game day, this is the week. Yes, yes, no, no doubt about it. So, I have no issues with that. Uh, there are so many three and three teams, or three and four, or four and three. Like, honestly, I don't know if there's going to be enough teams that'll be bowl eligible. I really hope. That we don't see a lot of five know, we're and. We're gonna get more five and seven teams going to bowl games again this year. I think we are. I think we are. I think I, I counted, and right now, currently, there are twenty-one bowl eligible teams. Eighteen or twenty-one, somewhere in there. That seems very low for this time of the year, but I guess it's only week. It'll be what week nine coming up. So I don't know. It that might be a little low. So. Let's go. Uh, give me a conference here, and I'll pick a team. Let's go with Big 12. Big 12, okay. In honor of Kansas almost beating Texas. Uh, okay. We're going to go with TCU. 3-3. Three and three. They host Texas. They're at Oklahoma State. They host Baylor. They're at Texas Tech, at Oklahoma, and they host West Virginia. Charlie Hildebrand is TCU bull bound or not? No, oh, man. I thought they were until you started rattling off their schedule. I don't. Unfortunately, I don't think they are. I think they're five and seven at best. That's crazy. I agree. It is. Uh, TCU's had a very strange Big Twelve experience where they have had years they've been incredibly good, and also had years like this where you're just like, how come you're not better than TCU? Well, I will. I'll just stick in the Big Twelve and go with Texas Tech. They're three and four right now. They're at Kansas, at West Virginia, home to TCU, home to Kansas State, and at Texas. Flip of TCU, I thought they would not be until you listed their schedule. I mean, they had just the right amount of home games, games against Kansas. I think they're getting the six and six. All right, uh, another conference. Uh, let's go with the Big. The Big Ten. The Big Ten. Okay. Let's go with... Oh. Nah, Maryland. Nope, I don't want to go there. Let's... Okay, they just won. Let's go with Illinois. At Purdue... What's Illinois? Illinois is three and four. Three and four, I'm sorry. Three and four. Illinois is at Purdue. They host... Rutgers, at Michigan State, at Iowa, and they host Northwestern. Charlie, is Illinois bullbound or not? They're not, but they're closer than I thought it was going to be. I think they might get to five. I yeah. Don't think Agreed. But you, actually, you know what? You know what? Not enough bowl teams, five and seven, high APR, Lovey Smith. Illinois is going in five and seven. Here's... Here's where it's gonna. They they if they beat Purdue, they're getting in. 
because they're going to beat Rutgers and they're going to beat Northwestern. So I'm not as confident that they're going to. I think they can beat Northwestern. Northwestern has zero offense right now. Like they're, they're good on defense. All jokes aside, they are good on defense and they don't make mistakes. Right. And I think Northwestern can force Illinois into making, you know, like three turnovers and Northwestern wins thirteen to six. Now that's true as well. It isn't. It would not be pretty, but I think. I think that's a toss-up game. It isn't. I think they're definitely. I think they're definitely going to be Rutgers. For what it's Purdue worth, is also the kind of a toss-up game that who knows what happens. For what it's worth, the game against Northwestern will be in Champaign. So, for for what it's worth, uh, how about another conference? Uh, let's go with the Mountain West. Mountain West. Okay, let's go with. Let's go with Fresno State. They're 3-3 three and three right now. They host Colorado State. They're at Hawaii. They host Utah State. At San Diego State. They host Nevada. And they're at San Jose State. Charlie Hildebrand, is Fresno State bullbound or not? I think they're going to a bowl. I think they're going to get to seven regulars. I think of the ones you listed, they go four and two. All right, let's try San Jose State three and four. They do have a win over uh, Arkansas for what it's worth. They have a game against Army this week. Then they host Boise State. They're at Hawaii. They're at UNLV, and they host Fresno State. Is San Jose State bull bound or not? I think they're I think they're five and six going into the Fresno State game, and then they lose to Fresno State. So and maybe that'll be the game and that gets. Worth noting that year that three five and seven teams went, if memory serves me correctly, the three were Nebraska, Illinois, and uh, San Jose State. And that I was possible. All three of those teams go five and seven. And I believe that was when San Jose State played Georgia State in the Auto Cure Nation Bowl. Why the hell do I know that? That's disgusting and disturbing. I also know that all three of those five and seven teams won their bowl games. Oh, very, very strange. It's disgusting and disturbing that I know that that Nebraska team found a way to beat Josh Rosen. Right? Is it? Oh, yes. Isn't that the truth? Unbelievable. Um, Gladly trade that win that didn't matter three years ago for Nebraska to beat Colorado. One more conference. Um. Well, I'd say the Big East, but they don't have the Big East anymore, so let's go with the ACC. The ACC or the AAC? Uh, the Atlantic Coast Conference. Okay. Of your Virginia Tech Hokies. Yeah, well, okay, let's... Uh, they're 5-2. and two. I can't pick... I don't I, know this. I know this isn't right, but to me it feels like everybody in the ACC not named Clemson is Well, that's very true. Uh, I'm sure it's not the case, but it feels that. No, okay. So in the Atlantic, Clemson and Wake Forest, uh, Clemson 7-0, Wake Forest is 6-1. All the rest of the teams, Louisville, Boston College, Florida State, North Carolina State, and Syracuse, either 3-4 or 4-3. In in the Coastal. It's been the wheel of destiny in the ACC. Yep. In the Coastal, UVA, Pitt, and Virginia Tech are all 5-2. Every other team is four and three or three and four, and then you have Georgia Tech at two and five. So, so that means, are you, so by what you're saying, there's eight teams that are three and four, or four and three. Yep. Yep. Which is over half the conference. 
All right, I'm going to go Miami here. They're three and four. They're at Pitt. They hold. They're at Florida State. They're home to Louisville. They're at Florida International and at Duke. Charlie is Miami, Florida, bull bound or not? I think they have five wins going into the game against Duke at the end, and I think the Smarties at Duke find a way to beat them. I think they are not bull bound. I would agree. I think I think they might even only have four wins. That game against Florida State could prove to be the game that decides which team is bowl eligible or not. <laughs> I agree, and that's funny and kind of sad when you look at what how good those two teams have generally been over the last Thirty-five years and what their games used to be when they played each other. Very sad indeed. One uh, last one here: North Carolina, currently three and four. They host Duke. They host Virginia. They're at Pitt. They host Mercer, and they're at North Carolina State. Charlie Hildebrand is North Carolina bull bound or not? Well, Nathan, I think the Tar Heels are going to play their darndest, <laughs> and that's why Mac Brown's going to find a way to get into a bowl game his first year as head coach. That was my very core background. Sure. I appreciate it. The ceiling Six is the roof. That's, that's right. Uh, speaking of North Carolina. If you think about it, the ceiling's 0-12. The roof is 12-0. and 0, And then you just, when you put them together in the middle, that's 6-6. Six and six. <laughs> Very true. 500 at its best. Uh, before I li- Which is North Carolina football for the last five decades. And Wake Forest football and any other marginal ACC school. Boston College. But that's Boston College. That's Georgia Tech in a nutshell. Before, but speaking of North Carolina, the Virginia Tech North Carolina game. Virginia Tech wins in six overtimes, 43 41. I did not. It's the first time they used that new rule based off that AM LSU game. Yeah. Six or seven overtimes. So after the fourth overtime, starting with the fifth overtime, teams just run two point conversion. So, really, it's not like it's six overtimes. It's four-plus overtimes. The the two-point conversion deal, do you like it? Do you hate it? Are you confused like I was trying to figure out how Virginia Tech won 43-41 to 41, uh, in a sixth overtime? Like, there's no way you could get a safety. Well, I mean... I don't know. I, I don't I don't love it, but I don't hate it either. I would lean more towards sort of dislike it, but I get it, especially I, I, I think the first one, it was in God, it was like two thousand one or two thousand two. It was I think Ole Miss and Arkansas that went seven. Oh yes when I was in high school. Yes. And, oh, loved every second of it. Yep. Football's changed. I mean like I'm not even talking about like the rules and stuff. It's just changed in that, you know, it's less Smash Mouth and more spread stuff. Yep. And I just remember watching the end of that A and M LSU game last year. You know, in like overtimes, you know, four, five, and six. But it was just like, well, they're going to score every time because all of these three hundred pound defensive guys, and not even the defensive line. I guess I should say the front seven for both teams were just gassed and couldn't move, couldn't rush the passer anymore. Yep. You know, we're trying their darndest, but we're going at sixty percent effort which does not bode well if you're trying to if an offensive line is blocking you. So I get it from the extent there where it's just like, well, this doesn't work anymore. I mean, it's... So I don't know if it's as much of safety as you just it makes it so it's more... 
competitive for like the big guys trying to rush the passer. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's one of those things that I don't love it, but I'm okay with it. Like I'm okay with getting rid of helmet to helmet hits. You know, I think there's a lot of dumb things about targeting, and they can still do a better job of making the rule better. And there's too many guys I think they throw out that don't need it, but I'm okay with it because it is better than just being like, oh, yeah, this guy played 12 overtime. <laughs> and then ran out of gas and fell over and got stepped on and broke his cosmics. And now, you, both, you know, you're, you're, so you're not dealing with that stuff. And I feel like Virginia and Tech... the other thing, too, yeah. I think there's only been like six or seven games that have gone past four overtimes. It's rare they go past one or two. I feel like... North Carolina and Virginia Tech would have gone to 12 overtimes. That's the way this game was going with missed field goals and everything. But crazy. It would have ended with Mac Brown doing something crazy. You know what? He called a timeout on his own kicker. He iced his own kicker. He, yeah, you know, that's, that sounds like Mac Brown. He said, he just wanted to say, you'll be the hero. You'll get any girl you want on campus to go on a date with you. Paraphrasing, but that's that's what he said, yeah. apparently. Well, you know, I guess we'll have to be in contact with that kicker and see if it worked. Well, it didn't because he missed the field goal. Well, yeah, but I mean, that doesn't mean that he has to be honest while he's trying to hit on these girls. Just tell her he made it. (laughs) Well, maybe she watched the game, though. Yeah, I think there's nothing you can do with that. You have to watch the ball all the Oh, man. Great stuff, Charlie. Always. Yeah, that's what you do if you're a kicker at North Carolina. You just tell the girls you're great at making threes. I mean, ah, there you go. That's smart thinking. Quick on your feet on that one. Very good. Well, Charlie, I appreciate the time. Maybe we'll see you Saturday if I go, if you go. Who knows? We'll so, be in contact with one another. Oh, definitely. Most definitely. Um, but, uh, if not, uh, I'll talk with you in a couple of weeks, but appreciate the time as always, uh, continued success with the new job and living in Iowa. Thank you for the good wishes and thanks for having me on, buddy. You're very welcome. Thank you so much. Yep. Have a good one. You too. Charlie Hildebrand joining us here. Always appreciate his time as always. Uh, great stuff. And, uh, yeah, college game day coming to Brookings. Oh, it, we're excited stressed don't know what to do don't know what to do uh, i do know what we'll do to finish up this long podcast this week we're gonna look back at week seven in the nfl and make some picks for week eight as we always do during the sports block podcast during nfl season it's coming up next here on final thoughts with game day coming to brookings coming up here on the sports block podcast Let's wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast with a look back. Week 7 in the NFL makes some early picks for Week 8 this upcoming week. Thursday Night Football, uh, Kansas City Chiefs beat the the hapless, the effortless Denver Broncos 30-6. to Great defensive performance by the Chiefs, but the big story in this one, Patrick Mahomes leaves the game with uh, a dislocated kneecap. Fortunately, the injury does not believe is not believed to be serious. An MRI, uh, Mahomes underwent an MRI on Friday, and it sounds like he will miss about three weeks. That is the projected timetable as to when he will be back. On Sunday, the 49ers in Washington in a mud fest, uh, uh, the swimming pool at known as FedEx Field. 49ers beat the beat Washington nine to nothing. 
game that lasted two hours and 36 minutes. It's the fastest game since like 2004 or something like that. Just crazy. But uh, for, it's just pretty much all runs in this game. Cardinals now won three in a row. Uh wonder if you can hear my dog in the background. He must not be liking that the Cardinals have won three in a row. They topped the Giants 27-21. David Johnson, Cardinals running back, leaves after one carry for two yards. Who comes in? Chase Edmonds, who played at nearby Fordham University, and he rushes for over 100 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, and, you know, they were playing in wet conditions as well. Saquon Barkley returned for the Giants. Had like 72 yards and a touchdown, but wasn't enough. Cardinals win 27-21. Battle for the AFC South lead. It goes to the Indianapolis Colts. They beat Houston 30-23. Jacoby Brissett, four touchdown passes in this one. Houston may have gotten screwed on a touchdown pass. or a touch. Basically, Deshaun Watson escaped pressure and threw a touchdown. I believe it was to DeAndre Hopkins, but the officials ruled that he was in the grasp and... The touchdown didn't count, so it was a sack. I think the Texans settled for a field goal. Probably the right call, but the Colts ultimately prevailed 30-23. to Aaron Rodgers, have yourself a day. Five, five passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, over 400 yards through the air. The Packers roll over the Raiders 42-24. Didn't help the Raiders that Derek Carr threw a pick in the red zone and then also fumbled at the goal line trying to extend the same exact play that happened a couple of years ago against the Dallas Cowboys in uh, the uh, the Coliseum. And he's got to learn from that for sure. Jacksonville Jaguars type, to, top the Cincinnati Bengals 27-17. to 17. Uh, Leonard Fournette over 130 yards rushing in this one. Gardner Minshew was good. It, the Bengals were leading 10-9 going into the fourth quarter, amazingly enough, because you know the Jaguars got stopped on fourth and one on their first drive. But the Bengals are a terrible team. No other way around it. Uh, the Jaguars do get the win 27-17. Buffalo Bills struggled with the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins actually had a lead in this game for much of the game. For much of the game. They led 14-9 at half. A long drive in the second or in the third quarter. Opening drive of the third quarter that took almost or over 10 minutes. And they ended up throwing a pick. Typical Dolphins stuff in the in the second half. Bills win 31-21. The Atlanta Falcons appear to have officially given up on the year. Matt Ryan gets hurt in this game against the Los Angeles Rams, and the Rams steamroll in 37-10. Uh, maybe a, the funniest thing of note, uh, Aaron Donald, and defensive tackle for the Rams, Devontae Freeman, Falcons running back, get in a uh, little shoving match. Devontae Freeman throws a punch, and Aaron Donald picks him up like a little child. It's very, very funny if you haven't seen it yet. Minnesota Vikings, we talked about it with, with Krenz. They win 42-30 to over the Detroit Lions. Kirk Cousins, four touchdowns over 300 yards in this one. Very good performance by them. The defense, very suspect. Marvin Jones, Jr., wide receiver for Detroit. Four touchdown catches on his own, which is fantastic. But the Lions ultimately lose. Vikings prevail. Kirk Cousins playing great right now. Dalvin Cook, 142 yards rushing. Very good stuff there. The ending to the Tennessee Titans uh, Los Angeles Chargers game absolutely bananas. The 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 Titans win 23-20, but the Chargers had two touchdowns nullified in the final minute. Philip Rivers throws it to Austin Eckler and he runs it in 
it, what it appeared, they called him down. Melvin Gordon gets the carry. He scores. They look at replay and determined he did not cross the line. And then Melvin Gordon gets it again and appears to have fumbled, and the Titans re- recovered it, and the end of the game. The Chargers lose this game in the most Charger-esque way they could possibly do it. I mean, I, I, I don't know what more to say. It was so bad. I, ugh. Chargers. Woof. Lamar Jackson, over 100 yards rushing for the Baltimore Ravens. Yo, he's the quarterback, by the way. He has 579 yards. It's more than, like, a fifth of the league has total rushing yards as a team. Baltimore wins 30-16 to over the Seattle Seahawks once again. The Seahawks lose. I'm telling you, this Seahawks team is not as good as their record indicates. They've won too many close games. They just don't... I don't know. I mean, far be it for me to... to think that Russell Wilson doesn't have it, but I I don't know. Baltimore prevails a good win for them. Marcus Peters, who they just traded for from the Rams, he gets a touchdown, a pick six in this one. Uh, New Orleans Saints shock, I think, many people, myself included, by beating the Chicago Bears 36-25. to They do this without Drew Brees, without Alvin Kamara, without Jared Cook. The Bears offense stinks right now. Mitchell Trubisky is terrible. We, we said that going in, like, when he got drafted, Travis and I did. So, this is not news to us that Frank Trubisky sucks. But, uh, the Saints, 6-1. and one. Teddy Bridgewater, great job, 5-0. and oh. It's just phenomenal. And the Dallas Cowboys whoop the Philadelphia Eagles. How about that guarantee, Doug Peterson? 37-10, to 10, they win. Uh, Elliott over 100 yards rushing and a touchdown. Dak Prescott runs for one. But this was really about the defense forcing, what, four turnovers on the Eagles. Carson Wentz didn't have a good game. Dallas Goddard fumbled on the very opening possession. He did catch a touchdown, though. So that's that was good for him. But, yeah, the Eagles. Doug Peterson. Maybe don't, maybe don't guarantee and then walk it back immediately after. And then the uh, New England Patriots beat the New York Jets 33 to nothing on Monday night. Sam Darnold saw ghosts. Four interceptions. Ooh, spooky. It makes sense to see ghosts right around Halloween. Uh, four interceptions, a fumble. The Patriots defense is just awesome. Historically good. And their point differential is historically good as well. They win 33 to nothing. Let's go to week eight now. The uh, kicks off Thursday night. Washington at Minnesota. Case Keenum. Returns to the site of the Minneapolis Miracle for the first time. Uh, Adrian Peterson returns back to Minnesota, but it's Kirk Cousins going against his former team. Regardless if the the Vikings have Adam Thielen or not, Kirk's going to be ready. He's going to win in prime time. He's going to have a good game, and Minnesota's going to win. Sunday, then, Denver Broncos at the Indianapolis Colts, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central time on CBS. Uh, No way the Broncos are winning this game. Give me the Colts. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Tennessee Titans, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. Uh, should have been Jameis Winston against Marcus Mariota. It's going to be Jameis Winston against Ryan Tannehill. Instead, uh, you know, dude, that Tennessee Titans defense probably going to turn Jameis Winston over like four times. I'll take the Titans in this one. Arizona Cardinals at the New Orleans Saints, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. One of those stupid crossover games. Uh, listen. Arizona's playing much better, but hard for me to to take them over the, the Saints. I can't. Take, take, take in the Saints. 
No questions asked. How about Cincinnati at the Los Angeles Rams, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on CBS? This game is in London. It's going to be uh, 0-8 for the Bengals. The Rams are going to roll in this one. New York Jets at the Jacksonville Jaguars, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on CBS. Minshew Mania, they still, they're still doing the mustache promotion for this one. I, I just don't think that, that the Jets are going to beat the Jaguars. I just don't. No way. Jaguars win. New York Giants at the Detroit Lions, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. The Lions are going to end a three-game skid here. They're better than the Giants. Uh, Saquon Barkley will be able to run. The Giants should run him frequently, early and often. Uh, Lions don't have carry on Johnson anymore. He's done for the year, pretty much, or at least eight games. Uh, no way. The, the Lions win this one. Los Angeles Chargers at the Chicago Bears, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. I, I want to pick the, the, the Chargers in this one, but they just keep losing i i just i the bears are in a bad spot right now but the chargers are going to lose this game in a way that only the chargers can i'll take the bears philadelphia eagles at the buffalo bills 1 p.m eastern noon central time on fox i don't trust the bills necessarily after what they did last week in um against miami but the the eagles right now where are the weapons i mean does deshaun jackson come back yet from that ab abdominal issue that he has. I'll, I'll take Buffalo in this one. Seattle Seahawks at the Atlanta Falcons, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. Uh, Matt Ryan might not play in this game uh, he, uh, due to a sprained ankle. Regardless of if he plays or not, Russell Wilson's going to tear the Falcons' defense apart, taking the Seahawks there. Carolina Panthers at the undefeated San Francisco 49ers, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on Fox. This is a very interesting game. I I want to take the Panthers really bad, but the 49ers did just trade for Emmanuel Sanders. I think I will take the San Francisco 49ers narrowly over Carolina. Cleveland Browns at the New England Patriots, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on CBS. The Browns, it, if you lose this game, it's not the end of the year. The schedule does get much easier after this. It'll get better, but I'm going to take New England in this one because why wouldn't you? Oakland Raiders at the Houston Texans, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on CBS. You'd love to see the Raiders bounce back from that loss against uh, Green Bay. But uh, Houston's going to bounce back from their loss over the Colts more uh, than, than the Raiders or vice versa. I'll take the Texans here. Green Bay Packers at the Kansas City Chiefs, 820 p.m. Eastern, 720 p.m. Central Time on NBC. The Chiefs won't have Hall of Famer Patrick Mahomes in this one. I hope they shock the, the hell out of the world because the last time they were on Sunday Night Football, the Colts shocked the world by beating Mahomes and the Chiefs in Arrowhead. I, I'll go with Kansas. I'll go with Green Bay. You have to. And then the slam dunk of the week, Miami Dolphins at the Pittsburgh Steelers, Monday Night Football. It's 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Duh. Take the Steelers. And that's it for your picks. Uh, official picks and predictions can be found in the stack, stackattack.sportsblog.com. It's on Friday mornings. Again, this podcast can be found on podcast.com. Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Twitter, at ND Stacken. Travis Crins, at Travis Crins. Uh, link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. I want to thank Travis and Charlie for going on. And, folks, it's game day. Still don't know if we're coming down or not. Uh, haven't been feeling the best logistics wise we're just trying to figure it all out it's at the college green there uh right by uh, you know in close proximity to the campanile uh jackrabbit fans go out there in full force uh don't let the bison overtake us 
both in the stands for the game, at college game day, and then for the game. Jacks just go out and win. I think they're going to. Uh, I have I have confidence in that. But I hope it's a great scene there for college game day in Brookings. It's a historic thing. It's never happened before. The town is electric. The, the, it's a great opportunity for the university and stuff. So should be fantastic. So uh, we'll have plenty of reaction to college game day and the game itself next week. Maybe may even try and get Matt Zimmer on for a special edition of the SDSU Sports uh, uh, SDSU Jackrabbit podcast specifically. Uh, so hopefully uh, tune in for that. But uh, for Travis and Charlie, I'm Nathan. Enjoy College Game Day. Enjoy the history that's being made in, in Brookings on Saturday. We'll be back to talk about it all. World Series, NFL, and College Game Day next week. Nathan Sackson say thank you for listening. Back talk to you next week after a historic weekend in Brookings here on the Sports Block Podcast. <laughs>